Does the Black Moon howl? Only for those with an unwavering desire to hear the truth. Access granted. You have been selected for an opportunity. An orientation as a trusted associate, if you will, into the secured, contained, and protected files of the Foundation. SCP Unredacted distributes new files for review Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on secure channels on YouTube, Spotify, and scp-unredacted.captivate.fm. Hello and welcome to the Skip Squad Pod trailer. I'm your host, T. Staffor. And I am your lovely other host, Look Psycho. Also, just wondering, how did you get my house? Who cares? We're recording the podcast trailer. Well, it's not the first time she's busted down my door. You gotta stop. Like, I can't afford to replace it again. Now, let's tell the listeners what we do here. Is it too meta to mention we're reading a script? You want to talk meta? I didn't know what to put here, so I'm talking about what I should put here. She also misspelled want. Anyway. Right, right. Back on track. Here at the Skip Squad Pod cast, we don't care about what you write, we care about what you love. Keeping you entertained with what our authors enjoy most as readers, from GOI formats to formal articles alike. We don't just talk about guest favorite SCPs. Each guest will also tell us about their passions and hobbies, completely unrelated to the Foundation. Whether it's robotics, music, or filmmaking, each guest has their own passions that we love to hear about as well. You, yes you, the listener, can participate in this along with us. If you send in emails over at skipsquadpod at gmail.com, we will read them out on the show. When we aren't recording the pod, we document our ventures on various platforms. You can find us on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Twitter where we post preview clips for upcoming episodes along with revealing who we will have on next. Our handle is at SkipSquadPod. And finally, our website with links to all the listening platforms can be found on the SCV Wiki itself at the Skip Squad Pod Hub. Now get out. And have fun. Smile. Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Gregory Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. Welcome back after a long time away. Uh, (laughs) We've both been pretty goddamn busy, so... Uh, sorry for, you know, for being a few weeks, uh, but we are back on the ball. I make no apologies. apologies. <laughs> uh, but today it, we're going to have a special episode. It's just Harry and me today. Yeah. Uh, but that's because we uh, have no don't friends. trust anyone else's that and we don't trust anyone else's <laughs> opinions. So barely trust each other's. Uh, <laughs> we thought maybe we'd make this episode sub four hours long for a change. Oh, God. And he just jinxed us. Um, <laughs> so, because on Monday, the opening of posting for uh, the 7,000 contest Ooh. is going to be happening. Exciting. Uh, I guess technically midnight the night before, but whatever. Yeah, don't 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 provide that information. We'll be on the hook for people getting it wrong, which they will. <laughs> Wait till you see right. how it's many people tw- get it wrong. The 25th. Uh, you know, so... Yeah. Um, Read the contest guidelines carefully right. for it's, when the posting it's, starts. It's, it's like midnight, you know, at Eastern time, the 25th. Yeah. Um, so we thought we would do kind of a tribute to the, what you know, is is conveniently or inconveniently called in the community, the KCONs, yeah. which is the thousand contests. Those contests yeah. which are held uh, every time we get close to filling up 
a series, meaning a, th a group of a thousand articles, because those get put onto the site and they're empty at first, and then people kind of come in and pick it willy-nilly or based on just availability. And then close to around when there's about 150 slots left, uh, they announce a contest. Um, and usually, well, not usually, there's always a theme. It's different each time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we thought, uh, f well, um, we thought we would talk about each of the contests, but we're not really going to talk about the winners. Uh, we will mention them, of course, yep. and there's no shade thrown at them. Obviously, one for a reason. Yep. But uh, those articles have all been covered ad nauseum uh, through many, many YouTube channels and many podcasts, and they're great and they deserve the attention. But like everything we do here, uh, I like to, and Harry, I know you're the same, you know, cast a light on some articles that maybe have gone by the wayside or maybe wouldn't have been heard of uh, in the wider community. Absolutely. And we're also going to be taking great care to make sure we don't do the irritatingly common thing that happens in the community of going, that one shouldn't have won, this one shouldn't have won, because all six of the KCON winners are excellent articles and they deserve their slots and the fact that they're competing with a whole bunch of different articles the community made their choice and uh, we got the ones we got and they're great articles and we also got the ones that didn't win because that's the way the contest works they're all there just waiting for you to read them so we're going to talk about the winners as briefly as possible but not out of any kind of disrespect to them right yeah um you know i i have been fairly vocal in the community uh if anyone has seen me that i am not always the biggest fan of these contests uh because they become kind of you know the most popular thing wins yep. and that's there's nothing wrong with that but that being said this is a clear statement that i think all six of these articles that won them clearly deserve them uh and are excellent articles so i'm just mimicking the same point but um yeah we're not really going to cover those because like i said they've been covered before but we do have like they're not favorites, so I'm just going to say right out the bat. We decided the way that we were going to do this, and Harry, thank you for coming up with this idea. Mm. Um, we're going to cover each of the contests, and we're each going to pick one to talk about. I included a couple extra because this time I'm breaking the rules. But He, he um, included a couple <laughs> extra because I incorrectly uh, transmitted my concept to him, and, and he, he understood it because yeah. I, I left too much leeway in the way that I phrased it. But that's fine. That just means Gregory did more work than me, which is just things working as usual. <laughs> yeah, uh, my lawyer brain looked at what you said and said, okay, six articles from the <laughs> contest. No problem. I'm going to pick two from series two and three from series three. And <laughs> I completely failed to indicate uh, the significance of the number six. <laughs> yeah. So what we're getting to is that we're each going to talk about one article each uh, from each of the contests. Yeah. And now, we'll probably talk about clear, some extra ones just in less depth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's lots but to of be clear. In all these contests. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting to is that we're not saying this is the best one. No. We're this is just one that we really like uh, that we think some people should uh, pay more attention to. But they, yeah, especially for series five and six. I mean, there are a bunch that I would like to shout out, not to mention our own. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh so ground rules we are yeah we're not saying who we think should have won fuck that it won whatever um yeah that's we are gonna name the theme for each of the articles and we're gonna talk about them like okay here's the thousand contest okay and here's the two thousand contest so we're gonna organize it that way yeah we can cast a little shade on whether or not we think they just wedged the theme in edgewise as opposed to writing to it i think that would be fun <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> 
Um, I don't feel like that was as big of a problem until much more recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we can get to that in a, in a second. I think a lot of people have opinions about the themes. Yeah, um, I did have some general I, I kn- overview stuff to get at before we get to it, but you can finish. Yeah, that's finish your preamble. Why don't you go? That, okay, that's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I've, I've, one of them will just sort of be a public state, uh, public uh, service announcement about voting in KCONs, just so everybody's on the same page about what you're expected to do as a voter. Um, but in general, just the, the fastest overview of what happens is. As Grigori said, as we get to 150, 100 articles, we do the contest to choose the next one. And that sort of grew up fairly uh, organically. There wasn't even a contest page for the 1000 contest until fairly recently because it was all done on the forums. It was uh, much less formal. And you'll see there's only 13 surviving entries from that contest, totaling 13,000 words combined. Um, whereas now, SixCon had over 100 entries, not all of which survived, um, totaling probably 600,000 words. <laughs> um, so One-sixth of that was our entry. Yes, it was, fully. <laughs> um, and the way the contest works is everybody tries for... The, the big goal to, to be the 1,000. Um, and if you don't win, you provide a list in your author post of the other numbers you would like to have. And depending on how highly you placed, you either get your first choice or don't. Uh, so you provide a whole bunch of options. And what this ends up doing is it more or less ensures that the new series, when it opens, is already partially populated by really good articles. It also means that the new series, when it opens, is already 10% closed. (laughs) It also also means all the cool numbers are taken. (laughs) But that's okay, because it's a risk-reward scenario. You might get a cool number. Uh, You also might get downvoted if people don't like your article, because these guys get a lot of attention, because the contests are very popular. Uh, But like when the wiki moved over from the edit, this wiki that it was on previously, way, way back in 2008 there was already an scp 1000 there were several above 1000 uh, because we hadn't figured out this whole series shtick fully yet it was called the scp series because of other creepypasta series like the holders series and all of that and now we've we've changed that to be like no a series is a thousand scps and getting the one you want is a big deal so we uh, the contest team announces a theme and you write an SCP that is the best SCP you can write to match that theme. And there are generally two approaches taken to this. The writer sees the theme and gets an idea about the theme and writes about it. Or the author takes something they are already going to write or already have partially written and they wedge the theme in edgewise. And no shade on that necessarily because, I mean, we did that in the last contest. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure did. But... We did it very, very well. There are also two ways to handle that. You can either really work the theme in and make it allow it to improve your work, which we did do because we made a climate change mm-hmm. analogy out of the death of magic, which I thought improved it immensely. Or you can or yeah, you can big put a throwaway line that says, for example, in the last contest, yeah, by the way, the thing we're talking about, it's natural. There, I've covered the nature theme. <laughs> um, which, whatever. The themes are to get you start thinking, they're prompts, um, and we're really judging whether or not the work that's being presented is the best work. But there's a bit of confusion among people who have accounts and can vote about what they're being asked by that little vote box in the corner with the plus and the minus and the X on a KCON. You are not being asked every time you look at an article that's submitted for a KCON, 
do I want this one specifically to win? Because right. you specifically are not making that decision. We, collectively, all of us with accounts, are making that decision. And the way we do that is the same way we judge the quality of anything else. If you read an article and you like it, you press that plus. If you read an article and you don't care, you don't do anything. If you read it and you think it sucks, you hit that minus. You don't do that on articles just to get the one that you want to win. You don't look at the one that you like and go, that one's up. Every other article, down, whether I like it or not, they don't win. This is the one that I win. Because here's what you're doing when you do that. If you have two articles, let's say only two articles are submitted for this contest, and you like them both, and you give them both a plus, you've indicated they're both good. And other people might think that one of them's good and one of them's bad, or vice versa. And overall, we'll just decide amongst ourselves, by the total, which one's better. That's how it's supposed to work. But if you read them both and you like them both, but you like one of them more, so you don't upvote one of them, you've just cancelled out another human being's vote. You've just said, I'm worth two people, because you were supposed to say you liked both of them, because you did, and you lied by not voting. If you downvote, you have just cancelled out two other community members' votes by not upvoting the article that you liked and lying by saying you disliked it. <laughs> so it's actually an act of immense selfishness to bullshit your votes on this. You are supposed to just say, yes, that's good, because this is a celebration of what is good. The authors submit good works. The best work, you must trust the community to allow it to rise to the top. If the article deserves to win, everybody who likes it will like it, and more people will like it than don't, and more people will like it than like the other <clears> entries, <throat> and it will win. You don't engage in shenanigans. You don't change your vote halfway through the contest and downvote an article you've already upvoted just because you really liked another one more. You are not being asked individually to make this choice. You are asking to look at the field and go, these ones are good, these ones I don't care about, these ones are bad, and then the community math makes the decision. It's democracy in action. And if you don't respect it, uh, well, the staff and the contest marshals will find out and you will be banned and your vote won't count and you'll only be hurting the article that you liked because the upvote you would have given it will be not counted by the totals. So, vote fairly. Upvote the good articles, downvote the bad articles, don't screw around. Uh, it's, it's just a number. But it is important to the authors that the votes be fair, that the contest be clean, and that uh, we not have to do any extra math to determine who was screwing around. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm just going to add one thing, which is, and which is kind of what you just said. But just to clarify, we're not comparing articles. That's not the point. Right. The point is not to to weigh the articles you like the best and then have that affect your voting. That is not the point it has never been the point. right the only point is to try and i know it's hard but try to look at an article in a vacuum you know and not a complete vacuum but like given what you understand about what you like in fiction and what you like in scp and then voting on that basis uh more importantly i think do not get involved in debates about whether or not something is good enough to fit the role of the thousand contest right. entry also don't impose your subjective ideas about what it should or shouldn't be these articles are all pretty different 
there's this concept that goes around in the community where you'll see people say, well, that one doesn't really deserve it, or this one doesn't deserve it. And, and not because of the quality, but because of what it was or whether or not it fit the contest. If it doesn't fit the contest rules to the point where the marshals think it doesn't, then they will disqualify right. it. And most of the time, these things are, are assessed in a fairly you know loose manner because it's fucking fiction. <laughs> We're trying to find interesting ways to address prompts. If everyone, last contest, which was about nature, if everyone wrote about fucking nature in a very one-to-one -one basis, it would have been boring. Absolutely. That's And the best articles are ones that took a very... Uh, ingenious sort of way although a lot of them did involve trees and i mean not not to, <laughs> a lot of them did i mean not to get ahead of you and not to interrupt because i'm sure you're going to continue here but just just to underline that point we will see what happens when everybody takes the contest completely literally we will see it immediately as soon as we start and the result is not good yeah yeah um you know i, I don't if you're tempted to go into a, a a discussion post of one of the entries and say i don't think this belongs you know just take a step back you're not helping anyone that's not constructive criticism and you're really just hurting someone right like i realize there's a whole mentality on the wiki about sometimes harsh criticism is good criticism but if it's not constructive if you don't have things in the article that you think would be done better or could be done better and have a suggestion don't say anything right it's okay you know and if you don't know how to vote for something, don't. Right. If you don't know, you don't know. Right. It's fine. Nothing will die. <laughs> Everything will be fine. You, you don't need to express an opinion when you don't have one. Uh. Yeah, there's plenty of articles that I'm like, and I've told Harry this, man, I'm torn. I'm real torn. Uh, but usually I, I, I err on the side of positivity. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a digest of the best material that we can produce as a community. Right. And it's a celebration of that. And we just happen to be celebrating one of them a little bit more because well a lot more because it floats more people's boats and that's right. that's a testament to the way the community works that that's how we decide these things and what's really interesting i think is this contest that we're going into right now has a theme of luck mm -hmm. which is a strange theme and i think a lot of people have complained about it and i understand why because at first i was like i don't know what i'm gonna write about that <laughs> um and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of articles that have dice in it. <laughs> but, you know, the important thing to understand is that creativity is like fucking... I genuinely think that this community is so fucking creative. Like, I think that some of the best strange fiction in existence, other than classics, maybe, are is on the web. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm not just saying that. Like, Absolutely. I mean, there's a piece we're going to talk today that was for the 5K mm. that I think is one of the best pieces of fiction I've read. It's beautiful. In years. It is. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not just because I love SCP. It's it's why I've stuck around. It's why we're both still writing for it years later. But anyway. Um, so, you know, in, in keeping with that, we're mostly going to be keeping things very positive here, like we try to do all the time. Yeah. So everybody else, you go out there and you make sure that the contest is positive as possible. Just treat the people with with respect provide criticism where it's warranted and uh, remember that you are not being asked to cast only one vote 
vote on every article yeah. that you read. Read every article if you can. I mean, there's going to be a lot. There were, again, over 100 last time. But remember, you can vote on every single article in this contest, not just right. one. Don't just focus on your favorites. Focus on people whose name you've never heard before. Focus on people whose name you vaguely know. Read as many as possible. Upvote and downvote as their quality indicates. And we'll have a nice clean contest with, with a winner. Yeah, uh, you'll see if you look at the contest pages, um, you know, the top 10 are oftentimes names you'll recognize from a certain era. Oh, yeah. And I think last time we had some really impressive surprises, especially Big Sloth. <laughs> Big in Sloth face, in My Face's you know? first article becomes uh, yeah. seventh place in the contest. And, and, and honestly, you know, one of my favorite articles, period. Oh, it was beautiful. I don't even know how we beat it because I am pretty sure that even discounting some of the screwy votes that were bleeding over onto everybody's articles, I'm pretty sure he beat us, but whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, let's get started. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the the contests now. We're yeah, going to leave so creative quarter to the with... end because we're going to, of course, shamelessly plug our own articles because we've been told yes. that we're allowed to by the contest runners. <laughs> yeah, you've come here to talk to listen to Harry and I talk. We're both going to do an article. Just yeah, it'll be fine. You'll we'll all survive it. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So uh, uh, you're taking this one, right? Yeah, we're going to trade off on each contest on uh, describing the contest very, very briefly. And then we're going to um, go one each and talk about the article that we chose. So the SCP-1000 contest, which was all the way back in 2011. Uh, the theme for the contest was folktales and or urban legends. And the final result, the winner, was Bigfoot by the Deadly Moose. SCP-1000. So. Very deservedly so. Like we're not so, we're not going to talk about so deserving. We're not going to talk about whether or not like the contest winners deserve to win, except for with one K, where it's like it did because I've read them all and <laughs> um, I tried. To. Some of them are okay. <laughs> some of them are good. Honestly, we're going to talk about two good. We're going to talk about two good uh, ones, and it's not a surprise because they're by two good authors. Uh, yeah, actually, a lot yeah. of good authors here, uh, and and. Actually, almost, almost everybody here is somebody who I know specifically to yeah. be a very good author. But there's a couple things going on here, man. First of all, this is at the end of Series 1. All of the articles are heavily Series 1. They're redacted up the wazoo. There are, almost all of them are less than 1,000 words long. Uh, three of them are about pr pregnancy in some sense, which is really mm. weird. It's like apparently everybody's urban legend and or folk, folk tale is about pregnancy. Um, and, and, and a lot of them are monster manual entries and i think that's what you get right. when you pick folktales and urban legends for the scp 1000 contest in 2011 i think you get murder monsters and i'm i, I think that was a really bad choice for the theme hey it's gregory from the future uh so apparently there was a rule during the during the uh, actual contest that people had to submit their ideas to the people who were running the contest to confirm it was an actual urban legend and then it had to be based on that so that did significantly impact creativity somebody has corrected me uh, since then so just wanted to make sure that it gets thrown in there uh yeah i think i yeah back it was then certainly very limited uh i will say uh I've always said that SCP-1000 is one of my favorite K-Cons uh, in terms of the one that actually won, and it's just so much more true now that I've read a bunch of them. Yeah, I've read every <laughs> single one of these, and I'm like, there isn't even a contest. 
Bigfoot is no. the best by a lot. Yeah. It's one of the only ones that has implications. <laughs> yeah. It also won, it's it like won with plus large. plus 46, by the way. That's the <laughs> Yeah, there was not a lot of voters back. Rounderhouse then. won 6k with 463 votes. That's fully 10 times more votes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, no the wiki is not getting smaller. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so you want to go with your pick for the 1,000 entry or mine first? Whichever you like, my guy. All right. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk about mine. Uh, so SCP-1102, uh, the Blue Ridge Phenomena mm-hmm. uh, by Sophia Light, uh, who whose AA I have written a lot. <laughs> yes, we have. We, we like Dr. Light a lot. <laughs> That's right. And Sophia Light is also a very good writer. Yes. Without doubt. Um so this one is, I think, less obvious to me. I, I have looked it up since and seen that it is sort of a uh, uh, an urban legend myth sort of thing. But um, the mm-hmm. concept here is, you know, <laughs> sort of shallow and sort of not, because I think it actually does have fairly big implications, but only in terms of like within itself yeah. it, it wouldn't have lended itself the way that 1000 did to um to like myth and like wiki lore or whatever but anyway so what happens is uh, only at night in this in this area uh blue ridge which is in uh mid georgia and Al- alabama um, i'm pretty sure it's in west virginia too unless uh, john denver's been lying to me <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains is, range it's is big. a rather large one, yeah. Um, Not one of those tiny And the effect only ranges. occurs... No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, it's nothing compared to the Rockies, but... Yeah, yes. no, not much um, is. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Uh, the effect occurs only at night, during periods of rain or snow, and targets deceased bodies within a small, randomly selected area. Although, we'll come to find that it actually can sometimes be many square uh, kilometers, but... Uh, for each reasonably intact, that's my favorite part, reasonably intact corpse in that area. Uh, and this will often sometimes be involved with like graveyards, which it's not just saying that there are a bunch of dead bodies. People just die times. an awful lot in Blue Ridge. You know, I guess so. Um, for every reasonably intact corpse in the area, an animated likeness of the original organism will appear with minor differences, including in humans, changes, uh, darkening or lightening of skin tone, deformity, alteration or lack of facial features or small appendages <laughs> including the fingers toes and genitalia the lack of facial features is is the real creepy part there mm-hmm. um the dominant urge in all these subjects human or otherwise seems to be one of returning or rejoining other members of the original species um they essentially they're not the original corpse but they are this they are a solid entity uh that seems fairly mindless does not have a lot of anima other than uh wants to find itself close to members of its own species mm-hmm. um one of the bullet points which yeah gotta love bullet points uh entity is in some ways continues to be linked in quotes to the original corpse when the entity vanishes the original corpse will also vanish at approximately the same time Ooh. the ultimate destination of either entity meaning the corpse or the thing that was mimicking the corpse as as, as, is unknown as is how they disappear so not only do the ent- do these apparitions disappear the original corpse disappears as well which <laughs> i really like that part um 
And you can't, they finally decide that they can't take the effect out of the landscape. It's something in the mountains, about the mountains, that makes all the dead come back, faceless and insane. I don't know what it wants. Makes us all go away. Be merciful to them. Fuck with us. And I hope it never figures it out. Mm -hmm. uh, The note at the end is, I think, what makes it for me, because there's a bit of character. Yeah, it's it's from uh, from one of the researchers blacked out, um, but it does have this real haunting vibe to it. Like, you know what? I don't I don't really want to figure this out, and I don't want it to figure whatever this thing is. This great, you know, if it's some eldritch being or some weird, you know, unnatural phenomenon, uh, as long as it's doing what it's doing, it's not hurting anybody. So I guess we just let it keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> This one, this one. Uh, the containment procedures are kind of fun too because they're basically uh, they're just trying to like restrain the entities uh, and keep them from entering highly populated areas and roadways when possible um, but they're not considered to be dangerous so you know let them do what they're gonna do as long as they don't start showing up in the middle of a fucking town hall yep nothing to do just leave Blue Ridge is haunted what? <laughs> yep. Blue Ridge is haunted yeah. It's got a bit of atmosphere, which is why I like it, because almost none of these did, honestly. That's I think the thing that made this one stick out for yeah. me is it's got a little bit of atmosphere. She's got that, that yeah, bit about it's definitely it's it, it feels like a cool uh you know, Appalachian horror story, like a ghost story. Uh only it's it's done in the very old fashioned and clinical fashion. Uh from the SCP perspective, which is good. You know, like it, it really feels like, oh, this is why sometimes the dead come back. Yeah, it's it's a it's a location atmosphere piece. That note at the beginning starts with Blue Ridge is big, lonely, mysterious. It's actually the trees that make it blue, and at sunset, night settles down like nothing else in the world. It's kind of like a little bit of tone in there. And the, the tone is really, really seriously dramatically lacking for most of the entries in one con. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, and this one's still rated pretty like low, moderately. It's a, it's like one eleven. Yeah, um, and I you know uh, you know I get why it didn't win. I, I get that it wasn't necessarily like the mo- the sexiest thing ever, but I did think it was like a really interesting article. Yeah, it got number nine at plus ten. <laughs> Times change, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are we done on that one? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my pick was SCP-1051, the Nevadan Extraterrestrial by Salman Corbett. And unlike my type A friend, of course, when I talk about these, I'm going to be more loosey-goosey and uh, random all over the place as opposed to having specific parts that I'm going to read out loud because my brain (laughs) is just not organized that way. So this article is actually a little rough because Salman Corbett is a really good author, actually, and he's got some really yes. cool pieces on this website, Absolutely. and I'm actually a fan of Salman Corbett. He's got a great sense of humor. Like, very very few people can match his sense of humor. This article's actually a little rough around the edges, and, and I think it could probably benefit from a bit of tidying. But the reason that I chose this one is because the concept tickles my fantasy. My, my fantasy. Not my fantasy. <laughs> I don't have a fantasy about building four. Um, it tickles my fancy, though. Um... Because it's it's the most cliche urban legend you can possibly think of. It's in fact two of the most cliche urban legends you can possibly think of. It's Area 51 and Roswell combined. It's Area 51 is where they took the Roswell UFO. Oh well, what the fuck is interesting about that? And what's interesting about that is the thing in the UFO got out, expanded, 
consumed Area 51 and then took its shape as a hollow shell that looks like a base, which is actually a, <laughs> a sentient, pseudo-sentient living organism that creates the conspiracies around Area 51 to convince people to come there so it can eat them. So fucking good. And that's, and that's crazy. And I like that a lot. And I think that makes it one of the more creative uses of the uh, the urban legend concept here. Because, of course, there's all these urban legends about Area 51. And the, the basic one is in there. But this article twists that around and goes, the urban legends about Area 51 are the result of this actual thing, which has doppelganged the base <laughs> and, is, and is, is trying to lure people to it. And, and reveal its existence so more people will come and uh, I really like that it's like a it's like a built several buildings sized mimic and that's cool yeah that's like that uh, that famous book by Shirley Jackson uh, is it the house on haunted hill oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know I, don't I, I know the one you're talking it. about but I, I I wouldn't be able to get the there's a part in that book where uh, they theorized that what's going on here is the house was just born wrong right and it's the one of the creepiest best lines in anything piece of horror god that those that story's great uh and i just feel like this is like that idea but take it to its logical extreme like it it, it is a living organism <laughs> it is and it's just it's uh, fun in that respect yeah no it's and i also really appreciate the fact that it took the theme in the most obvious way up front and then took this drastic left turn yes uh and you know i mean like oh okay there's aliens in roswell yeah yeah area 51 okay okay yeah no those are all true but also the building became um, <laughs> the alien and now it eats people <laughs> and also the idea of continuing to like ferment uh the conspiracies to make sure it keeps on having people show up so it can keep eating them is so funny it is it's 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 also it's meta about the concept of urban legends which i like and very 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 few of these do that um communism will right. wins legend tripping scp 1666 also goes a little meta about urban legends but i don't think any of the other ones do at all <laughs> right yeah um, I would have picked that one, but I already have a Communism Will Win one later on that I like even better. Yeah, CWW's um, got some good contest entries. Yes, and just good articles, period. Yep. Um, my favorite part of this article being... Uh, oh, I don't know if we said it. Did we say SCP-1051, the Nevadan Extraterrestrial? I think I did, uh, but, you know, I think I do a okay. lot of things. <laughs> um, is... In the first addendum, there's an aerial photo uh -huh. of the main facility building of Area 51 <clears throat> uh, with a di with uh, numbered diagrams, and then next to it in the text is a breakdown of what each of these things that is numbered, and it's body part, the anatomy of this alien entity, yes. and it goes into like, not like body horror levels of detail, but it's like very clinically like discussing the biological functions of each part of this building and it's very funny yeah, it is it's 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 great to see a building's components described as the sphincter of an alien it's, it's good stuff yeah mouth number one mouth of scp 1051 doors to scp 1051 shut and prey is pushed deeper inside <laughs> 1051's body <laughs> this, is, this is probably not how you would consider moving through a building it's like, oh i'm i'm being pushed through the body of a, an alien like ah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's fun. All article. right, and, 
Uh, and it got, I think, third place out of, out of the 16 that we know about. Nice. Because a bunch of the entries have been lost. I don't even know. Doesn't matter. Sorry, well, um, uh, second, uh, The White Dog by Dr. Severe. Dr. what? Dr. Severe. That's the other thing about Dr. a lot of these Severe. early contests is some of these people uh, have been gone for a very long time, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Light and Corbett, I think both have been gone for a while. Yeah, Corbett, as far as I recall, um, decided he was done and, and like wrote a farewell post and went off to live his life elsewhere and, and, and presumably happily. So good, he got the good ending. <laughs> Pretty obviously we are going not super in deep on these because, and no insult to the older stuff, this contest did not have the sort of same dynamic no. entries that the later contest did. No, so. it's far and away the worst of the, uh, of the KCON um, overall. And that's, I think, it's the time that it was done and it's also the theme and it's also the fact that yeah. the variety of kinds of articles we do now didn't exist back then. They were mostly... Right. Not all. There were lots of different ones, but this was the preponderant format and... It's what we got. <clears throat> yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, the birth of the thing that I care about so much on SCP, which is the article that has so many wide-ranging implications, whether or not it's 5,000 words or 400 words, uh, I really do think one of the things that really brought that sort of writing to the forefront was SCP-1000, Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot is, is again, it's, it's like the only one with deep implications in the one con. Right. And it's also one of the but, only ones that gets referred to again. I almost forgot to say, like, 1000 is a component of people's conceptions of the SCP universe. Right. It's a thing that gets mm -hmm. referenced later by other stuff. The Children of the Night. And that's why people care about getting the thousand point. I mean, let, let's let's not kid ourselves. Like, it's going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. There are people that are members of the wiki that don't check it all the time, but they hear there's a KCON contest and they come in and they check out what won. Yeah, you, you know, you know these articles. They're They're meaningful. They're milestones. Yeah. But on to on the to... SCP-2000 yeah. problem. Uh, uh, you, why don't you go with yours first? Well, uh, you were going to we're going to just... Oh, yes. Yeah, it's so your turn, SCP buddy. SCP-2000. <laughs> uh, yeah. The theme was, and I don't know what year it was, but I, the theme was uh, science fiction. And the year uh, was uh, and... 2013, I believe. Ah. Um, so two years, two years later. later. Yeah. Uh, and the winning... Uh, entry uh, was Deus Ex Machina by Hammer Maiden. Uh, most people know what this article is. Yeah. It's a pretty well-known article. Very well known. more known than, than SCP-1000. This is the machine under uh, Yellowstone National Park that was probably built by the Foundation, but we're not quite sure, uh, that uh, can reset the human race after a, you know, XK extinction event. Yes. Um, and, you know, my favorite part about this uh is that there's evidence that it's been used before and we're not quite sure how. Yes, again, the wider implications that elevate a story. Yes. This is also one of the articles that gets referenced. Like, there's probably a ton of backlinks on this article just because every time yeah. there's a KCON event, like, the, not KCON, an XK uh, class scenario where the world's about to end, there's usually a reference right. thrown in there like, well, we're getting ready to turn on 2000 if we have to. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a great article, and it had huge like implications and and like ripples outwards uh, from from the nature of this article. And uh, I I think no, it wasn't. Anyway, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's a big deal, and it's a big deal for a reason. Um, it's not 
something that I, in fiction, like that much, because I don't like reset buttons, but the implication of this article by itself is really haunting and lovely. Like, the idea that there is a reset button for when the human race uh, falls apart. Uh, and it takes a long time. Like, it breaks down how long it would take to actually bring back. The, you know, it gives you a rate by how yeah. many people uh, yeah. can bring back. And it would take, like, hundreds of years. And the fact that it's happened at some point is like, oh, oh. Uh, how, what happened? Well, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. because this was a fairly uh, wide theme, uh, science fiction, uh -huh. uh, you know, the entries here, it was really hard to pick one. Honestly, it was incredibly hard to pick one um, because God, it's just such a great, like, there's just so many interesting. Oh, there's all these people who like people who have written terrific articles, people who are um, pillars of the community who everybody knows the name of and right uh, people we've talked about a bunch on on the uh on the podcast before there's a silver escher entry who we talked about extensively yeah. on five con there's of course this is where we start seeing uh, entries from ip there's also mm -hmm. from york and Demetix and just tons and tons of people so this contest was uh there's 30 extant entries we're we're into a a bigger deal here and the winner won at plus 189 so we're moving up <laughs> <laughs> so uh why don't we go with yours first yeah sure so um i was looking at the lower ones i was trying to think maybe i'll pick one of the ones that did did worse but i really couldn't just because i was a very deep fan of scp 2682 the blind idiot by famine pulse because unfortunately yeah. like area 51 famine pulse is a honey trap that just sucks you right in and eats you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey, uh, Famine Pulse, real, real, real good writer. It's a fantastic article. Uh, I think it got third place at uh, plus one forty-seven. So, the Blind Idiot by Famine Pulse. This is a, a, a it's a Famine Pulse article. It's bizarre, uh, but it's actually <laughs> a little bizarre by his standards, even. Um, <laughs> so what it is is, it's basically a Korean raspberry attached to flypaper that communicates telepathically. <laughs> and here's why it is that it identifies itself as the fruit of another universe as as the the compilation of the knowledge of another universe of several other universes as the last relic of a lost civilization uh, because it talks telepathically to people and it it, it uh, manifested in our universe in a hardware store in Kiev, Ukraine. Topical. And it immediately got itself stuck to a piece of flypaper. <laughs> because the universes that it has been from are very macro, and ours is rather... are very micro, and, and ours is apparently rather macro, and it is unprepared for the size of our universe. So it thinks that it's been captured in some immensely complex containment mechanism, but it's actually just still stuck to the flypaper. And it can't get off the flypaper. Um, the article's strength is, of course, they start talking to it, and and its insane, beautiful, nonsensical dialogue that does actually make sense if you think about it, because it's an intelligence from it's a collection of intelligence of information from a world that is not like ours, and it's been dumped into ours, and it's looking around, and it doesn't quite get it, and it's trying to 
feel its way around. It's called the blind idiot because, again, it's a raspberry. It can't actually see what the hell is going on. But also, <laughs> it's 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 an idiot in the sense that it is from an outside context. It doesn't understand our universe, and it's trying to understand our universe so that it can acquire the information of our universe because that's what it does, even though it has no one to phone home to. Um, and it has no clue what it's doing. It says so in as many words, including when mm -hmm. uh, the first time they tested a D-class touches it and is spaghettified. And they <laughs> ask it about that, and it basically goes, um, oh, my fault. Did something happen? I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it, it seems like it's a dangerous thing. But right now it's stuck to flypaper. So it's kind of hard to take it that seriously. Um but I just want to read a little bit of it because they chat with it. And the dialogue is, of course, sparkling because it's famine. He's just absolute master at unsettling, funny, weird. Where are you reading it from? I'll, I'll, I'll join you. Uh, it's from the... Let me see. Because you see, I copied it into my document, so I don't know where. Oh. It's okay, I can find it. You just listen to my typing. Um... Now we're going to have to cut again. Nah. If you look for at a certain point on the page, like control F that, that's where I'm looking. Okay, at a certain point? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, that's where you just... Oh, are you just going to read hit, uh, the, the... Or do you want to go and do the dialogue? I'm just going to read a little bit there. Oh, go for it. Yeah. So here's it explaining itself um, to the researcher, researcher brain is trying to explain why it exists. And it goes, Okay, at a certain point in our history, the philosophers were searching desperately for new knowledge. The problem was that we had gotten so far already. With all knowledge gathered, there was nothing left to know, no questions to ask, save for sensitive things. Even the study of wisdom had reached its end. We were all very upset. See, we began experimenting with the occult. We did silly things because there was nothing else to do. But it turns out, there were things we never gave the chance to be real. God was hiding from us, we found. He was afraid. We ran experiments on it and extracted its knowledge. We used the knowledge to play with the rules of the universe and create new universes with new rules within our own. But then there was really nothing left to know. With nothing left to do, our only choice was to leave, harvest knowledge from alternate dimensions. We collaborated for a super long time. The researcher says, what are you exactly? And it says, I am the fruit of this tangent universe and the dimension it was contained in. I am everything that was. And the researcher says, there are no more things left in the place you came from? And it responds, no. There were a few holdouts floating through the dead universe, gathering photons like whales. Good for them, though. They seemed happy. <laughs> So I, it also it goes to a, a hilarious, terrifying twist at the end. It's a beautiful article. I strongly recommend people just read it because it, it, it's all like that. It's, it's, it's listening to an esoteric intelligence describe reality sideways of the way we understand it. And honestly, I, I can't recommend it strongly enough. It's a beautiful piece of writing. Yeah, and it's wild. It's not just in the dialogue that's funny because they do the testing before that bit we just yeah. read. Uh, and subject D120, D-class, uh, is instructed to place his finger on SCP-2682. D-120 appears to be spaghettified while being <laughs> pulled into SCP-2682. 
The, this event takes place in under one second. The event is believed to have killed the testing subject due to the organic matter that was left behind. Mm. End of test. That's... Test test number two. D-121 is equipped with a copper rod and instructed to touch the anomaly with it. Upon making contact with the anomaly, a croissant appeared in the place of the D-class. <laughs> Neither the D-class nor the copper rod could be located. It's <laughs> beautiful, isn't it? This is fucking ridiculous. And the last test is they put a squirrel in the room, and the squirrel has no idea what it is and tries to eat the flypaper, so they have to stop the test. <laughs> and then apparently the, ra- the raspberry is confused because it can't tell the difference between the squirrel and the researchers. It is a, just a, it is a great entry in the science fiction theme because it's an alien intelligence, and it's not just like an intelligent thing that's from another world. It is an alien kind of intelligence. It understands things in an alien way, and I think that's that's quite beautiful. And of course, because it's famine, it's also really funny, which. Yeah, and get at you really, either way. Really strange and really uh, strange. Yeah, there's there's these related documents. You know, you should just read them. But you know, it covers things like time travel, spaceships, nanobots, singularity, ascension, parallels, God, and but it's never what you think it is. Nope. Uh, and it's always just this, like you said, coming at it from sideways. I like that one of the subjects they ask about is raspberries. What was that? A raspberry? <laughs> I can see it in your head. Just a flicker. But I've caught it. I can see. This is a thing that you consume for sustenance. Give me a moment to make sense of everything. Mouths. Homeostasis. Chemistry. Physics. Quanta. Strings. <laughs> yes. Yes. I understand now. I can hear them screaming. I can hear them howling and laughing at me. I can hear your mocking. You say I'm food. I'm afraid you're wrong. You'll be the food of knowledge, not me. <laughs> Apparently raspberries are the key to understanding everything. Didn't quite get it until raspberries. And I was like, oh, raspberries. I get it now. I get everything now. And I mean, I I've had some good raspberries. From... but Yeah. I can hear them from beyond limbo. How they laugh. But can they hear me? Hear me laugh? I figured it all out. Oh, God, finally. I can know everything. It begins with raspberries. <laughs> oh, Art. God. It's, 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 it's a brilliant article, and it is very highly rated, and honestly, it should be higher rated. Absolutely. Uh, so, so are we good with that one? I think I think we've we've fawned over that one enough. It's it's yeah, time to fawn uh, over the, uh, the person who pays the bills and keeps the lights on. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, I picked SCP-2099, which is Brain in a Jar by Everett Mann. Um, This is also a fairly comedic article. Um, And it is... It is. Also fairly concerned with the absurd, but from a completely different perspective. So this is literally a brain in a jar that is somehow still alive uh, of a mad scientist type. Kind of reads like a 1930s pulp adventure. Totally. Um... And he has this underground lair beneath a uh, derelict uh, warehouse district in Detroit. Um, and it's found by some urban explorers. Uh, and then they had to be in this size and they start exploring. And there's like dozens upon dozens of chambers within it. That some of them are for testing. Some of them are for building equipment. Some of them are for storage. And there are thousands of pieces of paper littering the entire uh, facility Uh, with notes to himself, essentially. Uh, And he's still alive, and he's still conducting experiments when they find him, somehow. (laughs) Um, He... Valdez's brain, hereafter referred to as SCP-2099-A, is kept in a jar filled with water, mixed with electrolytes, sugars, green food coloring, Mm. and artificial flavoring. Mm. 
They have no idea how he's still alive, and they have no idea how any of the things that he makes works. Um, instances of SCP-2099-B are devices that were built by uh, the brain, both before and after its present condition. These machines are built from a number of materials. Virtually all of them appear to be highly technologically advanced, but should not function based on current understanding of science. Examples include, and I'm just going to read these because they're fucking great, uh -huh. a pistol. A pistol that fires high-intensity x-rays. It is powered by two AA batteries <laughs> and focused by a common quartz crystal. <laughs> a six-meter-tall yes, right. six humanoid robot made primarily of chrome and steel. Tensile strength and materials involved should not be capable of supporting its weight. <laughs> a cannon that fires sabots that release human-sized robots armed with swords and metal nunchakus. Uh, notably, the volume of the sabots is not large enough to fit the robots. A bin labeled cyborg parts. Inside were a number of artificial limbs, sensory organs, and other body parts. None of them have been attached, so it is unknown whether or not they would be functional. No means of interfacing with the nervous system could be found on any of them. A large vehicle with a mounted drill and claws capable of tunneling through solid rock and earth. Material so displaced disappears, leaving empty tunnels. <laughs> A rocket-based spacecraft. Sediment stuck to the skin matches samples taken from the moon. <laughs> there is no there is no possible means by which it could have exited the recovery site. <laughs> Clearly it's has just... always been here, but has also been on the moon. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god. A force field generator. It cannot be examined at this time, as SCP-2099-A has forgotten how to disengage the device. So there's just a force field in his office. Probably the cleanest part of his office, I would imagine, because he hasn't right. had the chance to dump any more shit in there. A large generator with anti-gravity written <laughs> on the side. Anti has been crossed out in red paint. When engaged, all nearby objects weigh twice what they normally would in gravity. <laughs> A computer system running an apparently complete simulation, down to the individual grains of sand, of an alien solar system. It performs two gigabytes of available disk space. <laughs> and the best. 713 different laser, gu laser guns in a bin labeled 713 different laser guns. <laughs> <laughs> that is some comedic timing right there. So fucking good. Electricity is supplied via a number of interconnected power strips. <laughs> Following the power strips ultimately leads to a final power strip plugged into itself. <laughs> Unplugging it removes power from the entire facility. Uh, it's so uh, fucking funny. And then I'm, there's a lot of dialogue. Yeah, between, they chat with the brain. Uh, uh, but I'm just gonna read a couple of them. Yeah. Um, I am. I am the profound Professor V, the genius who invented the quantum pistol, the rocket to Sagittarius, the window to other worlds. My name is Jeremy Valdez. Jeremy, there is another Jeremy I w w once. Well, lots, but the one stuck in my head, in my mind. Clever man, a salesman. Can't trust them an inch if you give them a mile. But that wasn't me. <laughs> what? I'm a genius. <laughs> have I mentioned that? I'm sure I have. It's in my notes. Yes, yes, you've read them, haven't you? I left them simply everywhere. You can't miss them. There are literally thousands of notes throughout this facility that they find. He's always referring back to them. Uh, one of the doctors says, your notes seem incomplete. <laughs> well, that's a pity. I tried to keep it all together, but things get put here and there. Can't do a thing without my notes. Let me check my notes. Hmm. Yes. Can't do a thing without them. Says it right here. Can't argue with that. It's in my notes. <laughs> are you a, one of the doctors? Are you aware of your current condition? What? Brilliant? Handsome? Brain in a jar? Hadn't escaped my notice. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> 
The doctor, how are you still alive? Good diet and exercise, healthy living. Oh, and the electrolytes. It's in my notes somewhere, the whole process. Never will look at mashed potatoes the same way, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then of course we see his notes and they're fucking gibberish. They're gibberish, except for a couple of pieces, which are so good. One of them is, I am Jack's lack of OSHA compliance. That's my favorite. I love that. I already have, I have it highlighted on my screen already. That's so, that's so good. How long have been brain in jar? Must investigate. Later. Busy now. I see secret agent people. Uh, this <laughs> That's his last one, probably. Is, uh, you know, it's highly rated. It's 353, but it's just one of the funniest goddamn things that i have read uh and i had heard of it before but i hadn't read it until we did this uh episode and i i wish we had brought it up on the comedy episode it's fucking hilarious i am deeply fond of it i feel like part of his i I don't know how man decided to write this but i feel like part of the concept was dr everett man is the master admin of the scp wiki and one of our longest um continually active people um, existing on the website in any capacity and his author avatar is Dr. Everett Mann who is the closest thing to a completely mad scientist you get in an author avatar this feels like if I didn't have to make it plausible that he was still performing work at the SCP Foundation how much farther could I stretch the wacky (laughs) antics of the mad scientist because Mann as a character is a nut bar and very dangerous, but very important to the Foundation, so they keep him. And this is just, this is next level shit, where it's just that concept, but taken well beyond the well beyond the bounds of where you could plausibly work at a job with this guy. <laughs> it's also really uh, a meta commentary on the tropes of science fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, not in a deep way necessarily, but in this really... You know, what are all the ridiculous, you know, all the discussions you've ever had about Star Wars and how the fact that a laser can't stop at the end of a, you know, just because you tell it to, uh, you know, specifically, you know, with lightsabers. Well, light doesn't do that, you know. Well, how could you make that work? Well, how about a character who just makes shit like that work? Yeah, it's clearly his anomalous effect is that his mad science does not work, but it does. It should not work, but it does. Oh, my God. I just realized what he is. He's He's an orc. Yes, yes, he believes that it works that way, so it works that way. He's an orc. He's a 40k orc. You're exactly right. So 40k orcs um, have, they don't have like, well, some of them have psychic powers, but they have this thing where things that they think work will work, and it won't work for anybody else. So if you picked up one of their guns or tried to drive their car, it wouldn't work. It's just a pile of junk. Probably blow up. But it would, yeah. Um, But they have a thing where they think that if the gun is painted a certain color it's more deadly or if the car is painted red it'll go Go faster faster. and then and then it does (laughs) and that is the my favorite thing in 40k it's so funny (laughs) it's true uh yeah anybody that takes that lore seriously uh and yet knows that fact about orcs it's just like come on yeah they're clearly not engaging with the way it's It's clearly satire (laughs) exactly all right um, okay, so let's talk about SCP-3000. Okay, were there, there any other 2Ks that we felt like talking about? I don't know, I'm not sure that there are. I, I know that the uh, jerks, uh, <laughs> space wizard and, and cat people, <laughs> SCP is in here. I, I don't know that there's any other ones in here that I feel like I, I want to talk I didn't pick about. out ones. I'm sure that there are other. The email's actually mentioned other... a few of them. 
Yeah, I mean, there are other good articles in almost every test or uh, contest. Um, yeah. but I think it starts with 3,000 where we start getting the extra articles that we'll kind of want to fawn over. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to the SCP-3000 contest then? Yes. All right. So the SCP-3000 contest was held quite a bit later. It was held all the way in 2017, five years ago. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it has the extraordinarily creative, unusual, kind of off-the-wall, we're going to try this one, see if it works, for the SCP Wiki theme of horror. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's about horror and, and bad stuff. Um, and the winner actually is, is kind of more of like a fridge horror sort of thing than horror where you come back and you think about it and go, oh, gee. Uh, and it's SCP-3000 Anantashisha by a random day Jorath and Dejacactus. The only KCON winner to be a collab. But not oh, and what is it? Duh. Yeah, it's my job to say. <laughs> yes, yes, not in my heart. You're right. Uh, 6,500 life. Um, but yes, uh, and, and what it is, is it's a, a sea serpent. A very, very deep, dark sea serpent. A giant eel uh, that may or may not be a deity and has a very important link to the SCP Foundation and the production of one of those chemicals they love to use so much to alter people's memories. And it uh, has all kinds of frightening implications about what it actually is and um, what its meaning to the universe might actually be. So the article sort of is back and forth between the horror of discovering something in the deep the horror of working at a place like the SCP Foundation where you can't necessarily trust your memories and the, uh, the sort of cosmic horror of eldritch things beyond our understanding. Isn't it like kilometers long? Yeah, it's a big fucking like, eel. It's, it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's very upsetting. So yeah, as, as always, <laughs> it, it's very upsetting. I, I, I'm a big fan, as I've mentioned before, of, of giant, scary, unfathomably, unsustainably large things underwater. That's one of my yes. favorite fears. I'm very fond of that kind of concept. And it's a good article, of course. You don't need me to tell you that. 3,000 <laughs> yes. won the contest. You probably have heard about it. It won the contest <laughs> at plus 318, and it is presently at plus 2,256. So yes, uh, 3Con is the first one that gets massive exposure. But And it's not surprising. Uh, this happened during Series 3. <laughs> Well, at the beginning of series three, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it happened at the uh, series one is before the thousands. Oh, right. So, no, it was. You're it right. always it's fucks me up. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't taunting you. I was trying to figure it out in my head. Like, did I say it right? Yeah, it's the way numbers work. I'm always this way with centuries too, which is funny because I'm in a story and you think I would have figured it funny. out by now. <laughs> but yeah, um, and this is, I think, the period when the SCP wiki really takes off and comes into its own with yes. some really crazy concepts and long form articles in some cases there's long form in here uh, the, second, the, the second place winner is Red Reality by Ozorobros which is a very long essentially bottle episode of dialogue with monologue of one guy and it's a long form article that, that really pushes what you can do and of course pushing what you can do this is also the contest with lord stonefish's 3999 i am at the center of everything right. that happens to me which is just an endless mind fuck um so yeah. so this is the contest where the really crazy starts to happen and it's hardly surprising because this is the series where we start seeing um metaphysicians allegata stuff for example and i think probably right. Dave, and, Dave and, fools, and sarcasm Davy fools corbinic stuff probably yeah 
and yeah, sarcasm. And, oh. Yeah, sarcasm and uh, Corbinic and I mean a bunch of shit came out in the in the two thousands. Yeah, which is great. This is when um, the wiki starts really having stuff for me. Yeah, and it's <laughs> why. Yeah, and the same. You know, when people are like, "Well, what's the what's the series that really like?" And it's series three. <laughs> I mean, I think there's great stuff since. I think there's great stuff before, but it's not surprising at all that most frequently the articles that I think about the most start with the two. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, <clears> we've got Ip as well, because Ip's in, like, every contest from this point onward. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about some. Do you want to do yours, or you want to do mine? Uh, I think uh, uh, don't on, on one much. con, I think you uh, you went first, so I think you get to go first again. Okay. We're going to be symmetrical, damn it. It's my OCD. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, speaking of doing things uh, that have kind of a larger... Implication and had a bit of fridge horror. I picked SCP 3007, A World of Two Artists. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, this is a this is a fairly well known article. Um, Who's I'm by? not going to pretend like it. It's um, oh, it's, it's by Zhang. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not going to pretend like it was. It's underrated in any way. <laughs> but I I do think because I think it's like in the 800s. It is. Yeah. Um, I this is the one I think of the most often. Honestly, out of all our articles, like I just think about yeah. it because it is so open. It, it it encompasses two of the things that I like the most in SCP over just prose. One is uh, not telling the reader everything, but implying a lot, mm-hmm. and the second is uh, you know communicating through imagery. Yes, and this is all original paintings done by Zhang, I believe, or I'm fairly certain they are. Yeah, I, I believe... Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, there. Um, so, uh, all the text in this article is set up. Uh, yeah. We're not going to go into a lot of it because it does a good job of it by itself. It is fairly short. Um, it's not super short, but it is not a long read. And I really just recommend everyone go read it. But uh, the, the, the key points are... SCP-3007, the actual anomaly, is a recurring hallucination with no pattern of who is targeted and nothing seems to prevent the hallucination other than the death of the subject, meaning they tested that. (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) Um, But it's not really a hallucination because they're transported to what seems to be an alien world, a dead alien world, but this dead alien world is significantly populated with the remains of some vast and incomprehensible civilization. Um, which has also been long dead. Yeah. And the, th- the weird thing is that people could get harmed while having this dream or hallucination, and that harm will be reflected on their physical form when they wake up, uh, even until death. I'm really a fan of this because of the fridge horror here, because apparently the most common way to die is from falling from a great height, which right. to me means they're watching these people sleep and the people suddenly compact like pancakes in front of them, which right. is kind of funny. Yeah, so they it's all paintings. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing that up in reference to what Harry just said was uh, it's all artist recreations of what people have seen. Right. Which is really quite brilliant because it gets away from the need for like the clinical uh, you know, file photos. Yeah, you don't need um, to Photoshop some shit. You can just be your artist self, which of course right. this author yeah, is terrific at doing. Yeah. 
and the first image is somebody that is looking out into the distance at this pillar, which is going to be of central importance to the article, on this like long spire that has seemingly fallen over and is balanced between two other things. And it is kind of like this bridge over nothing, uh, which directly leads to the idea of, oh, how someone dies while they're having this hallucination from falling yeah. to their death. Yeah, right. So if they fall hundreds of meters and then become pancakes, and then that's what happens when they're in bed, it's, it is a very interesting idea. And it, and the idea that it doesn't even stop to tell you that, it's just expecting you to put those one and yes. two and two together. Um, but what I think is so incredible here, and you know, maybe there was articles that did it beforehand, but this is the one that I always think of as ushering in the idea that like you can let the imagery speak for itself yes uh i know that the famous one that's all imagery by lurked lurked i I would say lurked but i don't don't think it really matters oh lurked um i think that one was 25 21 right um so it must have been but i you know that one's great obviously um but this one does that perfect combination of like using the clinical language to set up the concept of this alien world um and and the fact that people are being brought there through dreams uh dreams that can kill them um and then it tells the rest of the story through these really incredible paintings um and basically the idea is um there is this giant pillar pillar which is like meters and meters tall and on the pillar is inscribed or painted um a story but the story is entirely told through pictorial representations much like a long mural but instead of going side to side it's going top to bottom um and in the collapsibles are just rep i mean they do do a little bit of an interview with people that have experienced it um which is great don't get me wrong it's fantastic but that's not the winner here the winner here is this incredible art not because it looks cool which it does but because it is telling this crazy story uh, that you have to just interpret as best you can. Um, my favorite part about it is that it's debatable, and I don't think Zhang's ever completely confirmed it, but it really does seem like it's discussing another world having gone through the experience of the conflict between McCain and mm. Yeldabath. Yeah. Like, it's not a crazy leap. Um it leaves it up There's to those these, kinds of interpretations, which is good. Right, and it could be something else entirely. But there is this you know, society of people um, who clearly have some representation of the spiritual. Um, there's some sort of priests involved. Uh, and it seems like they have a pretty good time. Like It seems like a representation <laughs> of like a utopia, maybe. Uh, although one of them is carrying a weapon, so maybe not a utopia. But it has the strength of like dealing with whether or not it's a deity it's somebody rising from below so it might be an unknown uh thing and then all of a sudden uh, a great catastrophe happens uh that starts affecting society and, and people's minds uh and then you start to see that society's falling apart and, and like horrible disasters the two moons that are hanging up in the sky are, are, are you know destroyed there are horrible body horror monsters and then there's the protection of that previous deity uh that went from below um and you know i it's really hard to describe in words in audible form Uh, and that's why they didn't yeah (laughs) you know you could have written out this story but it wouldn't be nearly as effective and you get to the end and there's this incredible twist that is really really effective 
fridge horror. Um, Absolutely. You get to watch the slow, you know, pictorial representation of a society falling, you know, to its death because of some horrible, you know, entity or, 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 or influence. Uh, and then you get to see the implications of what happens after. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's haunting. You are left with a very haunting impression after reading this one. And the best part is the last part, which is kind of the twist. Not a twist, but like a revelation. Um, is under a collapsible, you know, says a certain level of clearance is required. Input credentials. You click it open. You see this crazy image. And you keep going down. There's a lot of blank space afterwards. Not blank space, but like yeah, darkness negative, negative space, in yeah. the image. Uh, and at the end of it, I am so absolutely sure we're going to get a last note that it puts everything together. And nope, the article just ends. Nope, you just and, get a really, really problematic, a really problematic little revelation. And then the article's got nothing to say about it. <laughs> just like, yeah, you think and, about that for a while. <laughs> and I, I think this is like an example of why I still care about the wiki. Why I think that there's still, even if I were to stop writing on the wiki, I would still be looking at wiki articles because there are capabilities to tell stories like this, which couldn't really exist in any other form except for like on online forum type situation. Absolutely. And, uh, I, it's fucking brilliant. I love it. I'm very fond of this article. It's, it's a beautiful piece of piece of work. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's been spoken of a lot in other places, but I, I couldn't possibly go past uh, the 3,000 entries without talking about this. Yeah, it was a great choice. So good turn. Yeah, all right. Well, I decided to go for one of the ones that was on the lower end of the ratings um, because it's by Jack Ike, and I'm always a big fan of Jack Ike's ability to create mm -hmm. uh, mind-screwy concepts. And this one is actually somewhat restrained by Jack's standards. It's 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 again it's very deeply into the fridge horror, but it's also just straight up horror. It's SCP three two four nine me us them them, <laughs> and this article has, I think this might be the only part I read. This article has the most don't read this in universe <laughs> don't read this warning I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> There may be no article that suggests more strongly that very few researchers will ever try to read this article than this one. Because it opens and says, in a giant box with a collapsible below, the collapsible is you accepting the above terms and conditions. It says, warning. The following file contains information pertaining to a basilisk category anomaly. By proceeding and reading the following file, you consent to... Be permanently and compulsorily assigned to this file, regardless of current assignment, physical or mental state, and or clearance level. Waive the privilege to request reassignment for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and or social reasons. Waive the privilege <laughs> to be reassigned due to physical, mental, and or social impediment, both temporary and permanent. Waive the privilege to terminate your foundation employment by request. Waive the privilege to have your foundation employment terminated through retirement. Waive the privilege to have your foundation employment automatically terminated due to death. <laughs> Waive the privilege to interact and or communicate with non-foundation personnel in any and all capacities waive the privilege to interact and or communicate with foundation personnel not assigned to this file for reasons unrelated to the special containment procedures of this file waive the ability to intentionally impede containment efforts pertaining directly or indirectly to this file unconditionally follow instructions from the research head assigned to scp 3259 and 49 and have all of the above enforced by the use of a contractual gaius wherein accessing the following document serves as an acceptance of its conditions so it's basically saying your life will be over if you read this file because you will be solely dedicated to this scp for the rest of your life 
And the reason for that is, reading this SCP causes its thing to basically happen to you. Because the thing is, the non-dominant hemisphere of your brain actually has a different version of you living in it that is dormant. And it is dormant until you in any way think about the concept of it being independent from you, at which point it awakens. And after that point, injury to your part of the brain, inter interruption of the cross-hemisphere communication, uh, activation of the speech centers in the non-dominant part of the brain, or other um, suggested to be unethical and surgical alterations, can disable the part of your brain that you think of as you, at which point, if you've been exposed to this information, the other you will be in charge and you will be basically trapped behind your eyes forever watching it control your actions and do your stuff. <laughs> it's a very short article with only a brief couple of interview logs where they, they test this on a D-class. They let them see the information, then they shut down the one side of their brain, and then they talk to them after the other them has been activated and the other them remembers watching through the eyes of the formerly in control part of the brain and is very unhappy with the foundation um, fucking with this but it also talks about the idea of being stuck in the back seat watching someone else drive and the horror of, of not being in control and knowing that all of your opportunities are being taken by some other thing that's using your body but now it's in control and it's vaguely implied that we are all in quite a lot of danger from the other hemisphere versions of ourselves someday taking over uh, because now that they know about it what's to stop them all from going around and um, fucking up the dominant hemispheres of everybody they find and activating the other thems and taking over the world and then there's an absolutely ridiculously insane twist at the end that I won't spoil um, but the researcher actually manages to turn the horror around on the SCP itself with the implication that well I won't spoil it but it's it's fridge horror it's what if there's actually something else in your head with you there's as as pink floyd said there's someone in my head but it's not me um and and would they be friendly towards me if they were in the driver's seat or would they be a little <laughs> resentful and it seems like they'd be a little resentful <laughs> yeah it's a it's a really great one and very rarely do I find the dialogue at the end of one of these fridge horror articles to be as effective as this one is. Yes. Like, just the last couple of lines, it's just like, oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, he, sa he <laughs> saved a twist for the end. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I am one of those people that will recommend people not try to write articles that rely on a twist, be but not because I don't think they're good. But because it's so hard to get them right, and this one just a hundred percent gets it right, and it's crazy to me that this is only at one hundred two. It is really, really, really underrated. It deserves to be much higher. Have if you have learned anything from listening to this podcast and reading some of our recommendations, please go check out SCP three two four nine by Jack Ike. I promise you, you will think that it is worth uploading. It's fantastic it's great and you know if this is what floats your boat it's also not very long i hate having to say yeah, it, but it's true it's very short it's short it's punchy it's scary it's fun i like it it's good it's a good unpleasant thing to think about when you're lying awake <laughs> at night and your thoughts are drifting and you know i wonder if there's something in my head that hates me 
<laughs> I mean, I know that there is, but... <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, that's a great article, and I'm very fond of it. Hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're mostly unsponsored so far, so I figured I would take the time to mention that you can support the show on the show page at anchor.fm slash simplycreativepeople. Or, if you're so inclined, you can check out Harry or my Ko-Fi pages at ko-fi.com slash harryblink or slash Carpen author. Things are crazy tough out there, so if you can't afford any financial support, and trust me, we understand, do us a favor and mention the podcast to someone who might enjoy it, or spread the word online. If we want to bridge the gap between fans and creators, we've got to get the word out to new fans. In many ways, this show is designed to be appealing to new and old fans of SCP alike as we can all enjoy some discussion about this thing we love, and we can all learn something new. Heaven knows, I learn something new every week. Thanks so much, and we love you just for listening. Thanks for the support through all these first few months of the podcast. You're the best. Um, okay, <laughs> we are back from break. <laughs> uh, but So we've covered half at this point, and we're going to... Yeah cover the s we've covered um, half of the scp wiki already we're so that's good. right that's exactly what we've done so scp 4000 contest was a history the theme was history yes uh, it and, was and, and it was the winner in the, in the far distant past in 2018 that's right and the only so wow a year after scp 3000 so it's funny that now it feels like it's far too soon for SCP-7000, to be honest, because just a year ago we did uh, 6,500. But now the distance between 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 were both about a year, so that's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, it's uh, only a few of the contests that changed that. So SCP-4000 uh, was won by taboo by pepper's ghost uh, a very famous article one of Not the most the influential i would think yeah not the first time that the fae or the fairy or whatever uh was mentioned in the article but probably my, easily one of my favorite times this is this is the scp kcon winner that i most regularly say it's just incredible <laughs> it just fuck it is uh without going into it in depth because we could just talk about this article for hours and we eventually will because we're going to get Pepper's Ghost on here uh -huh. um, and talk about other articles that deal with the Fae um, but Taboo is basically about the idea that the Fae uh, are uh, sort of exiled from baseline reality uh, and when you run into one you could lose your identity uh, by losing your name uh, wow. And it deals with some really wonderful old world logic, like the way that the old folklore would talk about the fairy kind um, and sort of the same sort of like strange rule based interactions. Uh, and it's mysterious as fuck and it's wonderful. Uh, and I have heard multiple people say that it doesn't make sense for the theme of history. And I say, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this article is all about history because the establishment is already there in the lore and had been for a long time by someone we shall not name that the foundation and humanity in, well, the humanity right. in general had exiled or just straight up killed almost all or all of the fae and this just takes that concept and fucking runs with it and makes it like it elevates that concept 
incredibly. There's um, no comparison between the quality of those yeah. interpretations. Absolutely. Um, and and oh. yeah, you're right. It, huge influence. Uh, there's been a lot of messaging, uh, messaging, a lot of content within articles that talk about the Fae by the rules that were established in SCP-4000. I mean, a lot of what Ralliston does uh, is very in inspired by a lot of other articles uh, inspired yeah. by it. Um, our friend Mars, our other friend, Ralston is also a friend. Uh, our friend Mars. We have multiple his, friends. That's right. We just uh, established at the beginning we didn't have any friends. Oh, no comment. Well, we lied. Lawyers yeah. do that. Um, we do that. And, historians, and histori don't. historians definitely no, lie. No, historians have never lied about mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, uh, our friend Marcellus Reigns, or Mars, uh, wrote a incredible article uh, for 6K, which is 6800, The White Ashes, yeah. uh, which we won't be talking about today. But, but we already did uh, talk about with Mars, so. Right, uh, which is a uh, really fucked up and incredibly epic story that is remarkably inspired by SCP-4000, or at least set up by the rules that were established there. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, if you have read an SCP article where something's name is paraphrased in green, you've yeah. read an article that's inspired by SCP-4000. If you have not read an article that has that in it, I would say you actually haven't been reading very much, because it happens a lot. <laughs> 4000 is very influential, and I, I am... I'm pretty much 100% sure that I'm not remiss in saying um, Placeholder's most popular article, SCP Integer, is inspired by that as well. The concept of these, these info hazards. Oh, that makes sense. Stealing names and such. Like, I, I think it's directly and explicitly referenced as in the article itself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a, it's a neat concept and it's a, it's a popular article. With yeah, a fun for, fun image for, at the top too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a great image, um, and it's just one of these. I'm not even really sure how to describe, you know, the tone of it. It's got a very otherworldly, old world folk folk tale, you know, uh, Hans Christian Andersen sort of thing oh, yeah. going on, and it's great. Uh, it, it's you know, it, it was one of. Not one of the first, but one of the those really standout articles that, like, I could see why people might say, this isn't an SCP. Um, and, you know, fuck off. <laughs> I think it's incredible. But we're not here to talk about SCP-4000. We're no. here to talk about some other entries in that contest. Yeah. Uh, so which, again, reminder, is history. Um, and, okay, you go first this time. I missed the history contest, man. How unfair is that? I know. But somebody who didn't miss the history contest is our good friend, who of course we were going to tackle at one point in one of these 12 articles, Ip, whose entry was SCP-4100, although of course at the time they were all SCP-4000. He got 4100, Future Imperfect. And this one uh, fits the theme really well. It also would have fit the sci-fi theme really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sci-fi history article. The premise of 4100... It, it's it's done from the perspective of a suspiciously SCP Foundation-like alien organization for securing, containing, and protecting, which is called the Stellar Congressional Protectorate. Um, and, and throughout, it talks about what their idea of 4100 is, the Earth, and also the SCP Foundation on Earth's original idea of what 4100 was, a horrible eldritch monstrosity. Um, but I'm not going to 
alternate back and forth between explaining which one 4100 is so we'll just talk about what's going on in the article itself and and let it speak for itself this is another one of those articles that uses imagery to tell stories in, in excellent oh, yeah. effect um it's it's, it's kind of like a fun counterpoint to the one that gregory handled um <laughs> yeah because these images are pixel art and the reason that they're pixel art is you know those, um, this is not a place of honor uh, signs you put over nuclear fuel uh, disposal sites to tell people in future civilizations don't fucking go here? This is kind of that concept where they also have imagery that's supposed to be for people who can't figure out our language to be like, no, can you, can you get this? Or the pioneer probes with drawings on them that are like, we know you don't speak our language. Can you understand what we're trying to convey here? And so these are satellites that are around Earth that are conveying um, via transmissions pixelated images to explain what was going on on the Earth. And what was going on on the Earth was there were just too many damn SCPs, and eventually the SCPs got to be too much for us, and most of humanity appears to have died. <laughs> um, not all of humanity. There still seem to be some humanities out in the... Uh, what was it? The Stellar Congressional Protectorate. Um, st still some humans kicking around, but not a whole lot of them. Uh, the Foundation seems to have disappeared, and most people seem to have disappeared. And it's not totally clarified exactly why until the end, in a twist that, again, I will, I will endeavor not to spoil. Um, but the pictograms have an internal logic to them, and they are presented throughout. They are really charming pixel art images that convey information much like 2521 um, that, that convey what a CP-173 is and its its various qualities. Um, what uh, SCP-2000 was, a nice little callback to Hammer Maiden's uh, mm -hmm. winner of, of Tucon. And also of what the ultimate problem that caused humanity to, uh, well, to have to really change their approach to existing because this thing was a very big problem and, and so it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic transmission from a dead society going here's what got us only there's a twist this time in that they get their own back a little <laughs> um only there's a twist about that too the article actually takes several swerves towards the end and they're they're quite charming um the part of the beauty is this is a immense format screw this is in fact the format screwiest of all of the kcon winners because it's that rare thing there are plenty of them but comparatively rare since there's more than seven thousand articles where it's a format screw that hit a kcon winner um and it's a format screw that is from the perspective of not the SCP Foundation. This has special control protocols. Uh, this has threat levels and planetary catalog designations as opposed to uh, the the, uh, the Conprox and the... Um, I guess that would still be con Conprots <laughs> and the SCP numbers. Um, but it's them looking at Earth and going, so here's what happened to earth and here's the problem with earth and here's the language they speak and here's us trying to interpret what's going on and the beauty is of course if you've read enough scps which most kcons they tend to expect that you've done a little bit of pre-reading so that you can um appreciate the scope of the universe these people reading these pictograms in this alien race or whatever they don't necessarily know what all these things refer to and they kind of speculate they're like i think this looks like this and i think this looks like this <laughs> but if but we look at it and go, that's 682 right there. <laughs> that's a pictogram indicating the containment of a giant lizard. I know what that is. Um, so you've kind of got a leg up on them. But then 
goes on to describe this sort of K-class scenario that leads to the Foundation and humanity as a whole having to make some changes. Um, and there's a song by Roger Waters that ends the album Amused to Death that I'm always very fond of, and the concept is, what would alien archaeologists make of our last moments? And that's, that's, that's what's going on here. It's the aliens are mm-hmm. looking at us, and we're gone, and they're going, what happened there? And what happened there is actually very satisfying and also very frightening at the same time. It's a really great article, um, and it's rated at 486, but it could be rated much higher. I'm deeply fond of it. I just want to read the first lines of the description because I think it's amazing. This is like such a hook. It's crazy. SCP-4100 refers to the planet formerly known as Earth. (laughs) It possesses a biosphere suitable for supporting carbon-based oxygen-breathing life forms, but has little landmass suitable for supporting non-liquid dwelling life forms with a land land water ratio of approximately 10 to 9. (laughs) 10 to 90. Um, Which right there tells you shit has changed. Um... SCP-4100 was the home planet of Homo sapiens sapiens, a species of sapien organism which once was prevalent throughout the human origin system. (laughs) It's just so good. Like, right there, it should have already been like, wait, what? Yep. (laughs) We used to be here. We're not anymore. Yeah. And it it straight up says, like, there were too many SCPs and we had had to go. (laughs) Yeah. But there are, like you said, several left turns that go on here. I also really like the SCP designation does not appear to be related to the Stellar Congressional Protectorate or any of its sub-organizations. There's <laughs> just magic in those letters, man. Well, you would know better than anyone else. Uh, so good. It's a great so article. Good. I'm very fond. And my favorite part about the pixel art is it's not attempting to be like pixel art like 16-bit. It looks like someone made it in, on a light bright. Um, it, it does look which, light bright. W- w- which makes like the most sense possible because it's trying to you know be the simple pictographs that are trying to communicate things you know yeah it's being as simple That's as awesome. possible and conveying information and also I think you can see the uh, the legacy of this in one of Ip's entries for uh, our department con team with yep. uh, procurement and liquidation because he did Atari images in in a sort of a similar way and it's it's amazing the information you can convey with simple lines and bright colors and the light bright thing is exactly right no oh, yeah it's Definitely. great a lot of fun all right um so the one that i picked was scp 4004 a dream come true which is by communism will win and my friend kinch the knife blade i love this article it's incredible um it's great if you're if you're mad this one's a really hard if you're, if you're mad and you're on the side of this article man it's a rush <laughs> and I'm mad. I'm on the side of this article, so it's a yeah. rush. <laughs> um, so, uh, just a fair bit of warning. This one gets political. <laughs> fair bit of warning. We're so bleeding heart, we have to get transfusions just to make it through the day. That's right. Um, Deal with it. I mean, you're an SCP fan. If you this haven't is noticed one yet. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most, most of them are. <laughs> the article starts with a pretty in-depth special containment procedures which i will not read most of but it adds a lot of really good world building just within the conprox which is hard to do but Mm -hmm. it ends with 
The maintenance of SCP-4004 requires daily delivery of the following materials to the containment chamber. 150 kilograms of wet clay, 20 kilograms of pure gold bullion, 3 liters of human blood, 3 kilograms of soil, <laughs> 3 kilograms of soil from Washington, D.C. All right. 100 milliliters of cerulean paint. <laughs> 40 milliliters of blood from the sitting president of the United States. Uh-huh. Footnote. Thus, POTUS does not have clearance to access information about SCP-4004. An appropriate cover story should be prepared on a per-president basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a hand-carved jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> the most recent issue of the New York Times. <laughs> and three feathers of a male Indian peafowl. <laughs> uh-huh. Just fucking ridiculous. And all thematically relevant to the, the if you kind of think about them, but it's it's just so funny and such a weird hook, and I just love it. It's you yeah. know, the usual fuel that you would need for a device. <laughs> yeah. The anomaly itself is a device made by the American Secure Containment Initiative, which is a precursor to the SCP uh, Foundation, in order to serve the interests of the U.S. government explicitly. The machine directly manipulates consensus reality by messing with the newosphere. Uh, that's not a direct quote, obviously. That's paraphrasing, but it messing manipulates the newosphere. It's my new album. Uh, that's right. Uh, this is a direct quote. Specifically, the anomaly alters the ease with which particular ideas regarding the United States and its activities can be recalled, expressed, or contextualized. <laughs> so right there, if that doesn't tell you, oh shit, this is some propaganda, motherfucker. Oh yeah. Examples of such ideas are ideas such as the United States is destined to expand into North America. Manifest Any Ameri- destiny. That's right. Any American can prosper if they work hard. Pull yourself American up dream. by bootstraps. The United States won mm. the space race, and the United Bullshit. States champion <laughs> and the United States champions human rights. Um, <laughs> are, Bug, uh, or are much more widely accepted than they would be otherwise because of the effects of this machine. Likewise, statements such as the United States commits war crimes. True. The United States mistreats foreign nationals. True. The United States should have open borders. True. Are less popular than they would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. So this is With, why. Oh, thank God. I'm glad there's right. a reason that isn't just assholes. Uh, within the machine is a real-life person. A that real-life person, person uh, is... Uh, Oh, I forget his name. Joshua Abraham Norton. That's right. Joshua Abraham Norton, who was declared himself to be, and he was a, you know, I don't know if he was actually homeless, but he, they described as impoverished. He was clearly not a rich man. Um, proclaimed himself to be, and this is a real guy, Norton yes. the first Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico. <laughs> uh, you can look this guy up on Wikipedia. He's fascinating. He's fu- he's, uh, he's fascinating, exactly. The j- like, form. even beyond the SCP, he is just fascinating. Oh, Absolutely. Um, so this real everybody life just kind of everybody just kind of let him go around and do it. He was just a public figure, and the people were just like, "I'm glad he's doing that." I don't really know why, but I'm glad he's doing. It. Yeah, um, it turns out was like a um, ontokinetic humanoid entity. Basically, you know, he's a reality bender, but he yeah. wasn't quite understood, and he was contained by the American uh, Containment Secure Initiative. Um, Within the combined perception of the population of San Francisco, so that he would not leave, essentially. Mm-hmm. And at his death, his body is interred in the machine and serves as an interface for the machine. Um, and probably the reason the machine works, but there's a lot more to it. He's, part, he's the reason the machine works and also the reason it works the way that it works. <laughs> right. The man is fully... The man I 
you put that in there, uh, is able to fully control the dissemination of information through the media while also maintaining control over all wire and satellite communication within the understood borders of the United States of America. Utilizing manipulation of the worldwide newsphere, it is theoretically possible for the anomaly to influence ideas in foreign countries. But he's currently non-compliant. Um, <laughs> he's not happy. He's not happy. But and then they, really change, happy. they change directions and they start talking about this other part of the machine that is connected through a essentially a wormhole uh, underneath Washington, D.C. to the inside of Mount Rushmore, where 15% of this machine which tells you something because this machine must be huge uh, is contained within Mount Rushmore and has been observed to eliminate targets via conceptual severance, meaning they people can be forgotten about or ignored. Uh, and so will cease being important seismic anomalies, meaning like making earthquakes and opening of chasms, infliction of disease and nuclear annihilation. It was covertly commissioned by the ASCI in order to fulfill SCP-4000 secondary function, which is the elimination to threats of threats to the United States and its government. Yeah, they're a little different from the SCP Foundation, the ASCII. They've got a, a bit of a slightly nationalistic bent, at least in mm-hmm. this article. Just a little bit. You, you can notice it if you look really closely. <laughs> um, he tries the uh, Emperor, you know, uh, Joshua Abraham Norton, um, tries for a long time to get in contact with George W. Bush in <laughs> 2001 and eventually is able to succeed and the conversation between the two of them is like just the most if you weren't clear at this point that there was a political bent to this article then you haven't been paying attention but the absolutely appropriate viciousness with which it handles George Bush it's just I mean it's just great but it ends with George Bush saying I don't respond to threats Emperor either you help us or you butt out this is ordained this is a crusade and you're either for it or an enemy talking about the war in Iraq and, and other the wars against uh, yeah. terrorism um, and that we don't know exactly what his response is. Uh, it says that uh, he did not speak further, and George W. Bush was removed from the containment cha- chamber, debriefed, and amnesticized. The return to the White House was without issue. And then it fast forwards 20 years to, to July 20th, 2022, which is pretty funny, because that's what today is. <laughs> that's literally today's date. That's weird. I just realized that. Uh, the following declaration was found to have appeared on the desk of the president and the members of the O5 command. We, Joshua Abraham Norton I, Emperor of these United States and Protector of Mexico, in conjunction with the assembled spirits here, hereof do order the immediate and thorough end of the American Empire. <laughs> Where, whereas, it is necessary, therefore, it, to order its immediate ab- abolition, refusal to which will result in a formal declaration of war from the assembled spirits and our vast host. <laughs> however, however, given a desire to foster peace, we offer you this chance. The transfer of power from this vile engine, being the United States government, to the people of the fair country will be without bloodshed if all demands are met forthwith. Therefore, the office of the President of the United States shall be vacated now. The National Congress and House of Representatives abolished now. The justices of the Supreme Court shall be unseated now. Failure to meet these criteria will not be tolerated by our royal selves. We will no longer be the tool by which your terrible machinations make themselves known. Dictated in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it then ends with reclassification to Keter pending. Yes, it ends with basically, oh shit. And then that's where it leaves it, leaving you, leaving you to decide exactly how this plays out. Uh, 
I mean, it, it actually uses code so that it's always the day that you're reading it. Oh, oh, I see, I see. That makes sense. So it's always immediately happening, which is cool. Oh, that's funny. Um, it's very clever. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a. This isn't exactly subtle satire, but I don't care because I write victim. It's um, angry satire. And I like yeah, it. it's just you know it it perfectly speaks to the you know disgusting nature of the American uh, political machinations and um, does so in a funny way, which is fucking great. And no, it absolutely does. You know, I mean, that's that's the way you do it. Otherwise, it feels like someone's just yelling at you. And this isn't that. This is just a series of ridiculously absurd statements. And it um, calls calls America to task not only in the present day, but also throughout history. Because <laughs> right. there, there, are some, there are some claims made by Norton via the device that the SCP Foundation's footnotes seem to strenuously disagree with, but the reader will immediately go, yeah, fuck you, I bet you disagree with it. Like, he basically says, they used Indian blood in this machine. And the, fo- and the footnote's like, yeah, we, we don't we don't have any records of that. And then the, foot- and the footnote later has to clarify, no, we also don't have any records of slave blood being used in this machine. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, I bet you don't. I bet, I bet that's not in your records, you fucks. <laughs> Also, I didn't read part of this, which is the best part. Whereas the government of the United States of America has shown repeated contempt for the sanctity of all human life, namely right. those of the foreign man to which we now lay claim in part. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's 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 explicitly calling that back too. This is all yeah, about so- theft and murder and 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 lies and deceit. And Norton's not having it no more. Yeah. So, A, this is a real-life person who is fascinating in real life, and you should go read about him. And then this is an article that takes that real-life person and then just, like, expands him dramatically in a way that has nothing to do with his real-life activity. You know, like, it's it's not disrespectful yeah. at all. It's just, like, this brilliantly funny, subversive article that wears its politics on its sleeve and isn't like, oh, it's communist or, oh, it's... No, it's just like, stop the shit. Just stop the shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's the only serious time that 9/11 has been mentioned in an article that I didn't hate it. Yes, it's, not a, it's not a great topic. Read into that here. what you will. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what, which did we already cover your? I guess. We yeah, I was first. Okay, which All means right. we're, so we're moving on to 5,000. SCP 5,000. All right, SCP 5,000 contest. The uh, contest was held. Way back in the distant mists of time, in the year of 2019. Mm, was it? Apparently, it was right at the end of 2019, so it probably uh, bleeds oh, over into 2020. So the entries are this... probably posted in 2020, <coughs> in early 2020. This is the first KCON entry that I was around for. This is the last one that I was not around for. Although that's a stupid thing to say, since I've only been around for the recent one and the one that happened <laughs> before that. <laughs> Gregory's uh, slightly older vintage than me as a yeah. member of the website. Yeah, because I joined in fall of 2019, and I would have participated uh, in this contest, but I was studying for the bar. Yeah, and I Which... knew about SCP the whole time, but I didn't join until June of 2020. A little baby. So, so what won? Uh, well, the, the contest theme was oh, right. mystery. Which is a fun theme. Very and, fun. And very convenient, uh, not convenient, but very apropos title for the winner, SCP-5000. Why? By Tanhony. And if you haven't heard of this article, I 
we'll make another wager you're about, your, about, about your reading your reading and I will say that you actually haven't read the SCP wiki and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to make your only SCP wiki contribution listening to our podcast it's oddly flattering that you would do a thing like that everybody else there, has heard of there this article. are there are people that do that like emails from them <laughs> that's so cool but I'm like yeah. I like I like whoever you are you've, you've got your people of taste anyway this nice. article is at plus 2739 <laughs> oh my god yeah, 5,000 kind of uh, blew the doors off. It's very popular. Okay. There's a uh, there's a graphic novel with some gorgeous art. It's it's a really it's a really popular article. And the premise of the article is basically 5,000 itself is a protective suit that appears to have hopped over from another dimension. It's got a dead guy in it. And the dead guy has uh, recorded logs on the suit, and the logs record the history of an alternate version of Earth, although not seemingly all that alternate, wherein the SCP Foundation abruptly decides to kill everyone using the SCP inventory, just dumping it on us and killing <laughs> all of humanity. And the why is, of course, why? <laughs> and it's in an alternate universe... Um, but there are implications that the things that it's dealing with exist in ours, so of course it's the question of, is this going to happen here? And we're kind of waiting to see. And the reason why I won't go into, uh, it's there for you to read the article, or read the declassification of the article, or, or what have you. You're going to need to read a declassification. I think you'll need to read a declassification to get it. Um, it's quite brilliant. Yeah. But, but it's, it's subtle. Yes. And, yes, it's by Tanhoney, who, uh tends to show up, write very large numbers of articles and, and, and uh, dump them in like a dump them in his wake as he's on his way leaving the wiki for several more months and then he comes back and dumps more. It's always yeah. it's always entertaining to see him come and see him go and uh, especially when he just absolutely drives Reddit up and down the fucking wall. It's a lot of fun to watch them get mad at the uh, Among Us SCP and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this article is epic. Yes um, it is. I would say it almost set the tone that people think that SCP KCON should be these epic stories because yes. I think the previous four weren't that necessarily. They had big implications. They have epic, they have epic implications, exactly. Yeah, but, but this not is events. like this is like the fucking Odyssey. <laughs> Literally, is this guy traveling all over this this alternate universe uh, trying to figure out how to reset things how to fix it. it's kind of unclear what how he gets started on this yeah. journey um and it's mostly like there's so many articles that do this that i don't like and somehow this one does it well which is just a, a list of of scps that have previously existed like it's very fan servicey but it's yes. it does it in such this creepy like thinking about what it means for the world if this if the foundation was to just suddenly decide we're not interested in containing anymore we want to kill <laughs> i'm gonna kill everybody yeah Which, he goes, you know he uses on SCPs the surface from, it's very grim dark but uses it, scps it, from cool. all the existing series yeah, um, which is nice little callbacks like that, which is appropriate because five thousand is kind of a milestone. It's like the middle yeah. of ten thousand. The human mind sees five thousand and goes, "That's a meaningful milestone." So it's good that it looks back on the previous series in that respect. Yeah, totally. And it's also very fan um, fan servicey, which is why it's a it's a very popular article offsite as well. And it's yeah. not the and only I, one that happened in this contest that became very popular offsite. No, um, 
And and just to be clear, we're not saying fan service as if it's a bad thing. Uh, this one is a very interesting harken back to uh, the history of the wiki. We don't think that's a bad thing because that's kind of what we did. Yeah, <laughs> not totally exactly. I, I not exactly by any In a means, different way. but yeah, uh, yeah, we certainly had similar goals, uh, but for different reasons. Yeah, paying tribute to the existing works. It also doesn't lean heavily on. Um, CSS themes and images as well. It's no, yeah, it's fairly it's the writing and what it includes, yeah. mm-hmm. which uh, I don't think will be the theme moving forward, honestly. But it's it's cool that it was able to succeed that well, being largely plain text. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we I don't think five thousand particularly needs us to talk it up that much more. Nope. Lots of other articles nope. in this contest that were a lot of fun. And then the odds. I go first. Is that right? I can't remember. I think that's right. Okay. So I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> and I love this choice. I approve I of this choice. I'm gonna also break our rule and say this is what should have won. Um, <laughs> I'm fine but, with that. It's, I, um, I, I wish this article could have won a cake on. I love this article. So it'll make sense in a second. I picked SCP six six two four. Well, wait well a that's minute, not a say? five thousand. That's what not a five thousand article. What happened here? Well, I'll tell you what happened without getting into too much drama. Yes. This is an article, the most recent article, written by Metaphysician, who is an, art- an author that uh, I maybe have mentioned on this podcast. It might have come up occasionally. And is my good friend. And uh, be- when this article was posted, um, some fairly heinous and bullshit reasons were used to A, disqualify, and B, ban Metaphysician. Yeah. And that was not fixed for two years until recently. And then both Harry and myself helped (laughs) get it back on the wiki by helping it to avoid the same problems. Which just feels like a nice bit of, uh, whether it works that way for meta or not, it feels like a nice bit of closure to the scenario to be like, it's on the wiki again and it's great. Yeah. Um, And the reason, you know, I look, 5,000 is a great article. I'm not going to say it isn't. This is a master class in SCP. It absolutely is. is. Better than most of the things Metaphysician has written before. And this is an author I regularly say is my favorite author on the wiki. Meta has written Um, some of the best just horror and cosmic horror on the wiki. And this is a fabulous example of it. It's actually better than the articles that lead up to it. It's crazy. So this is an Alagata article about, you know, the King in Yellow and et cetera, et cetera. And what's the number again? Um, what's it called? What's it's it called? SCP, it well... Uh, <laughs> what's it called, Gregor? Say this one yeah. out loud. <laughs> so SCP-6624 by Metaphysician Il Maestro del Rancore. That's probably pretty close. I think it's probably pretty close. It's pretty good. I was thinking about it before. There's one um, mentioned in an email later that's <clears throat> actually harder to pronounce. Oh, really? Um... So, this is an article that has a lot of twists and turns. It reads a bit like a section from a history book, and I don't mean that as an insult. It mm. is incredibly... You better not. It's, 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 yeah. It is setting up a time and a place, uh, and then it takes that setting and then blows it <laughs> blows it up. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that takes place you know, f- back in history uh, when this... Uh, this little township was first uh, occupied by uh, the I think he was a duke um, and how that guy slowly but surely got essentially seduced by the Alagada you know forces uh, the, the 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 king in yellow the Hank king etc 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 yes um, Carlo Gesualdo Gesualdo who's a real person yes 
Um, but clearly he was not a cultist. Um, well, we don't know and, that he was a cultist. <laughs> that's right. Um, he might have been a different cultist. We don't know. Also, Metaphysician found a image for this that is <laughs> one of the coolest things I have ever seen. It's not such on a the wiki, just period. That that is honestly like was from some 1930s um, performance at the uh, Edinburgh School of Arts. Uh, and so, first of all, I would have loved to see whatever the fuck this original performance was. Uh, and second of all, it's just the creepiest goddamn thing. So basically, you know, I don't even want to go too deep into it. I just want to say that people should go and read it. Um, it's not short, but it's not incredibly long either. Um, and it's full of haunting imagery. And it's one hell of a creepy anomaly. It's a ride. Because this Jeswaldo, uh, by being inspired by the people of Alagada and, and getting, you know, invested into their wisdoms, uh, <laughs> decides to start building a, a musical instrument. Um, this musical instrument is a essentially a brass organ, like you would find in a uh, cathedral, uh, but the pipes go like underneath and through the town, like it is, you know, probably kilometers worth of tubing and whatnot. But it also uses a shit ton of human parts, wow. like vocal parts that like actually harmonize when you, you know, uh, play it. And it's impossible to play if you're a human being because of so many different uh, controls required. Uh, but one of the, uh, let's see, Dr. Martinelli, inspired by the player piano, began work on a mechanical means of bypassing the anomaly's unprecedented complexity. His invention, the automatic, corpse was completed in 1985. <laughs> it's supposed to be like corpse and calliope, I think. Uh, finally allowing the foundation to test the extent of the anomaly's capabilities. Initial experiments were conducted on D-class personnel and observed by researchers via a soundproof chamber who would later directly analyze and interview test subjects. And then it goes into the most clinical test logs and it is fucking incredible. Yeah, the instrument uh, the instrument has effects, let's <clears> say. <throat> yeah, and I'm just gonna read some of these. Yeah. Uh, number one, which is a uh, piece of uh, music uh, titled in English, but it's, it's titled in Italian as well. In anguish and Exile. Uh, the effect is listeners develop depressive psychosis, ultimately progressing the catatonia. Afflicted individuals will come to regard themselves as deposed nobility, the delusion growing more elaborate and universal between subjects until the subjects are rendered catatonic between two to five days after exposure. Following catatonia, subjects will begin to undergo heterotopic ossification in parentheses, calcification of the muscle and skin, causing the lips to grossly contort into a frown and the entire body to develop a doll-like appearance. Despite their inaction, they remain self-aware, perpetually weeping to the point of dehydration. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's so fucking creepy. Um, and I want to... I love that one because, like, the second half of it is creepy, bizarre body horror, and the first half of it is a reference to the repairer of, rep of reputations, the first tail in the uh, king and yellow which is the right. inspiration for Alagata. it's it's, yeah. it's a very well done reference and i like it yeah it's great um let's see which other one is oh here number five uh which is in english chaos adored wearing naught but joy and madness 
The effects are listeners will vanish for the duration of the song and return upon its completion. Subjects have no signs of physical injury, but display symptoms of dementia and post-traumatic stress above and beyond those recorded among the casualties of war and disaster. It is unknown how this occurred within such a short time frame, but interviews suggest that subjects perceived time at decelerated speed wherever they were. Subjects are either unable or unwilling to divulge details about their experiences. Through those still capable, fully capable of speech, save for the common development of severe stuttering, most will only speak to themselves, and what they say is generally incoherent. Which is the best eldritch horror, you see the truth go nuts sort of thing ever. Yep. And then there's a direct reference to 701, which is the Hank King, and it's uh, it's good stuff. This, you know, and there's a lot more going on here. There's archived uh, Vatican documents and stuff from the Inquisition, and you know, uh, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's some people have tried to contain brilliant. this uh, well before the Foundation ever found out about it. Well before the Foundation even existed, and they uh, they tried to contain it uh, with the usual pitchforks, 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 pitchforks and torches method, and it didn't work out. <laughs> Uh, and the weirdest thing is that maybe this thing has just been waiting for the right time to activate. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't really want to say much more than that because I just think it's like literally one of the best SCPs on the fucking wiki. It's just a and massive only, epic ride. It's so good. It does have adult content, but it is not extreme. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I've read the whole article. I'm not totally. I don't. Sure. I don't think it should. Totally think. I don't think so either. But whatever. Um, and the rating is only 182, and I think that's fucking crazy. It needs to be way higher. Seriously. I mean, for one, that is, however, of course, a testament both to its quality and the fact that Metaphysician is still recognized as one of the best authors on the wiki. Because yes. this is, after all, a Series Seven article at plus 182, and that's very good. Uh, but it should be higher because <coughs> it's also a series. Five articles. <laughs> that should be seven. six. Yeah. Yeah. So the end know, of five. I mean, I know we said at the beginning we weren't going to say what we think should have won, but I don't care. I think this should have won. Yeah, I would have. I, I, I would have uh, voted just, for this and all the other ones that I liked, but I would have been hoping for this one because because it, it's 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 so fucking creepy and it makes you go, "What the fuck is going on?" Multiple times, and even though it goes into a lot of detail, there's still a lot of things that are left unsaid that leave you thinking oh my god what else is there here going on uh and and you know i think metaphysician has done like three articles that deal with alicana maybe um and it's incredible the 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 tone the way he has so captured the concept with only a couple articles yes so nuts anyway big fan yeah so i guess we'll do mine now are we on mine now yeah all right what I chose, this article has possibly oh, yes. my favorite title on the SCP Wiki. It's definitely up there. Um, it's a good evocative title anyway. The only thing that would make it like a perfect title is if it was metaphorical rather than literal. And luckily it's a metaphorical title and not a literal title. So it is a perfect <laughs> title. This is by our friend Jackal Related, who we had on to do the... Um, Atari episode. What the fuck are they called? Arcadia. <laughs> the Arcadia episode. <laughs> our, our, our friend in Resident Evil. It's SCP-5050, yes. The Dragon of Mittenwald. And we both like this article so much that when Harry proposed this, the first thing he said was, dibs on 50-50. I think, that's exact, I think that was immediately what I said, yeah. I'm proposing the episode. I'm stealing this one. I want this one. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked told out Jekyll, well. 
uh, there are three articles that I think are incredible that were on this for this contest. There's a lot more than that, but three of them that I have gone back to over and over again, and this is one of them. It's yeah. insane. It's great. Um, it, it's a it's a beautiful use of audiovisual uh, media as well. It opens with this just stunning landscape of the German countryside with this very ominous obelisk of a tower just sticking up in the middle. And that is indeed the titular dragon of Mittenwald, the creature crouched at the center of the towns of Draken and Domain, which together form Draken Domain, which means dragon's domain. Haha, <laughs> something weird's going on here. The tower is the dragon. It's uh, it's hunched over these people, and it is mind-controlling them. It is a tower that is exuding radio at an extraordinarily strong radius, and it is controlling the minds of people with some rather disturbing broadcasts. It is ruling over the towns with a uh, iron fist mentality. It's very fascistic. It's got its own secret police, and uh, the town area is oddly backwards in its culture and technology, like it's from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, sort of a strange mix. And the Foundation sends a team in to find out what the fuck is going on in this area. And the very first thing they see is the sign for the town, which has a logo of a tower and the SCP Foundation's logo, and they are immediately like, what? (laughs) And the article ends up being uh, multiple teams explorations and and documents it's presented kind of like i had the word for this and i completely lost it but it's a it's a document arranged in order um formatting and it's the the team's looking at the uh at the town talking to the people who live there who are all to some extent mind controlled by the tower receiving threatening messages from the tower which aren't just written in text but they are actually done with high quality videos with pixel art and creepy ass audio they're really really good and they're just trying to figure out, what the fuck is this tower up to? Why is it controlling this town? More importantly, what did we have to do with it, and why don't we remember? And it's a mystery in that respect, which is, you know, that's what this is. It's the mystery <laughs> contest. Uh, but the mystery is boiled in there right from the start, and it ends very satisfyingly with, of course, things going terribly wrong. This article I'm, I'm very deeply fond of. It's it's like a combination of Resident Evil and a Star Trek episode. It's Resident Evil in the sense that it's about the team going into this weird place and trying to deal with the situation. And it's also Star Trek in the sense of it's like you've been teleported to a planet that's kind of Earth, but everything's slightly wrong and there's something in charge and it clearly doesn't like you. And what the fuck's going on and can you fix it? And, uh, well, we'll let you find out the answer to that question for yourself. You know, I always got a Twilight Zone vibe from it. Oh, it's, it's big time Twilight Zone. Some of the images are really Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Like the image of the guy mm-hmm. giving a speech, which. Mm-hmm. And there's a. Just looking at there's it. There's a picture of the tower on the wall, which is actually a, a truly stunningly well done piece of perspective photoshopping. Jackal, um, if you're listening to this, I fucking hate how good you are at the image. <laughs> like this image right I'll here. Nev- just, I'll never be as good as you, motherfucker. <laughs> me either. This image is perfect. And the caption is. A townsperson gives a speech unequivocally praising SCP-5050 to fellow townspeople. He's got unequivocal... Unequivocal. (laughs) He likes Uh, the tower. I I also really like that this one, as opposed to 5000, 
kind of went out of its way to use uh, CSS tricks, but not in flashy ways. These all feel like physical pieces of paper in a file. Yeah, it um, handles that really well. Lots of different kinds as well. The, oh God, I'm, I'm looking at the pentagram documents and how oh. it's, got, it's got a paper clipped photo of someone and the photo is all crumpled and then the paper, it looks physical. It looks like I could reach into my screen and pick it up. I hate you, Jackal. Yes, the, the <laughs> so found document good. feel of some of this is uh. is, is perfect. The, uh, the scanned documents... And then the pictures mm-hmm. of the characters towards the end. The whole thing is is really phenomenal bit of media, and it's it's a fun, but also very creepy and weird story as you try to piece together what the hell is going on in this in the wilds of Mitten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great article, and I'm very fond of it. Yeah, it's insane. It's a it's a it's a real ride. Uh, it's not a short one, but uh, it's. I think it's underrated, honestly. It's 246. Um, you know, I, obviously, that's a very successful article, but uh, I, I, I think it's it's just, it's got so much going on. Uh, and I realize why it might be a little intimidating, but it is really straightforward. There's, it's not, it's not very confusing. Take 10, 15 minutes and read this thing. It is fucking brilliant. And the ending is like, uh, like straight up Twilight Zone, chilling. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good shit. All right. So before we before are... we move on, though, there's just a mm. few others in this contest because this contest has a lot of my favorite shit in it. Of course. Oh there's... well, I was gonna say save it until we could do quick mentions. Okay. Do you want to okay. do it here? No, that's fine. We can do that till later. We can do it later. Right. I agree. Uh. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, Moving last on. but certainly not least, SCP-6000 contest, which was last May. Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, and the theme was nature. Uh, and the there was one. much rejoicing, he joked. Uh, yeah. God, so many people it, were it mad. It worked out. The very first message that I got on it. No, I sent a message to Placeholder saying, Don't quit the site. <laughs> and the first thing he said was... I'm mad about nature in all caps. <laughs> it worked out okay for all of us. It certainly did. Uh, and no, this is not an excuse for us to talk about 6,500. No. Uh, we are not going to pick our own to talk about it. That's ridiculous. Also, there's already an episode about it. A whole episode about it, basically. Yeah. Um, but this one, the theme was nature, and the winner was The Serpent, the Moose, and the Wanderer's Library by Rounder House. Mm-hmm. Um... And again, I know we said we wouldn't talk about whether or not it deserved it, but holy shit, this article is great. It absolutely did. The moment that I read it when I was critiquing it, I thought, oh, well, I'm still hoping we do well, but I'm pretty sure I just read the winner of the contest. Yeah, I was, exactly, uh, same thing. I was like, well, what we did was probably more ambitious, but if this wins, I have zero problem with that yeah it, it has a very beautiful ending it's a celebration and, of the importance of stories oh yeah and that's, oh yeah and what more could you ask for there and it has such a fun gimmick ending that is honestly the direct opposite of what we did it is, is so precisely funny. the opposite of us not intentionally it's just it just kind of worked out yeah. that way yeah uh and it's just fucking great it's a great article. Fuck you too, rounder uh <laughs> so, so yeah what's it about again uh, uh it is about uh in the Amazon, 
uh, and this could be the White Ashes, but it's not. I think um, like half of the uh, six con entries are in the Amazon um, forest. There uh, is a like sort of interdimensional effect where uh, the Wanderer's library effectively is leaking out into baseline reality, yeah. and uh, the forest is literally turning into the library. Uh, where you know trees are becoming bookshelves and, and whatnot. Only it's not like a real smooth process, uh, and it's happening on an exponential level. And the foundation is concerned because it's not only is this not something that can be easily contained uh, because it's getting worldwide attention, it also doesn't seem to be stopping. And maybe at some point it will take over the whole world. Yes. Uh, spoilers, it does. Yes. Um, but that's not really the point because it's about Tilda Moose who is the Deadly Moose's kind of author avatar and become a pretty significant character um, in her own right. Uh, And she is canonically, uh, you know, there's no canon, um, canonically used to be part of the Wanderer's Library, used to be part of the Serpent's Hand, uh, and then quit it to join the Foundation. And, you know, some authors have written, uh, you know, is something that she regrets, some don't. um, But this is this is really a character profile in a lot of ways talking about um i regret you know like the, yeah. looking back on the choices you've made during your life um and whether or not uh, you should stand by them or not um and it's uh it's wonderful it's wonderful it i mean i i always like rounder stuff i mean not literally every single thing but almost always i like rounders articles but this is you know he really pulled out all the stops this is an incredible article but we're not here to talk about SCP-6000 because that one is doing quite well. Yeah, one of uh, the contest, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about a couple of other articles that we picked. Yes. Uh, and I, I've already forgotten who goes I think, first on I the think I, I think I go first on the odds. Yes, okay. Uh, on yeah, the evens, okay. rather, and this is an even one? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you, you read the thing and then I go first. Right. Yeah, yeah. So one that I picked is one that I was always very fond of. Um, it's... It's just a fun damn article, and I think it's mm-hmm. badly underrated. It deserves to be read more, and that's because it's written by Calibold, and Calibold writes really entertaining pieces. He's got great style. Um, frequently, the pieces are light, but that doesn't mean they don't have depth to them. It just means that there's a certain buoyancy to his writing. Mm-hmm. It's also one of my favorite people to do crit for because he almost never makes fucking typos. It's it's, it's kind of weird. It makes, seems to make less typos than I make, which me is something. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is an SCP that kind of lies about what it is, because this SCP tells you it's a Scott's pine tree that has positive health effects, and you're like, oh well, that's kind of interesting, I guess. I see that's nature, but I mean, and then you find out, okay, but. The reason we're talking about this Scott's pine tree that has positive health effects is an anomalous GOI called the House of Stars, who like to steal stuff, are planning to steal something, and we're setting this thing up as the target of their heist so that we can take them down when they try to steal it. And the article immediately shifts focus to talking about a heist, which is pretty much an, an immediate win in my mind. It describes yeah, the house of stars. It's Ocean's Eleven, uh, but you know, SCP. With the SCP. It's yeah. great. It, it, there's dossiers on the uh, the members of the team: Game Master, Sheriff, Chef, Tower of Babel, and Forty, who is actually SCP-040, uh, originally 
child reality bender, and this is taking place many years later, so she's now an adult. And they're a team who like to get together and steal stuff, and the story twists and turns quite a lot. Um, and I know Cal is planning to actually expand this later on and move on to uh, more stuff, and maybe even his uh, Seven Con entry will be related to the House of Stars as well, and he's got at least one article in the pipeline about it. But it's just, it's a really fun romp through an Ocean's Eleven sort of scenario, only with an anomalous twist, as these characters all have their different anomalous abilities and and grudges with the Foundation, and the person who uh, last handled them on the Foundation also has a massive grudge against them, and is trying to convince everybody to let him turn this into a vendetta against the House of Stars. And, and so it's sort of a heist and counter-heist situation. There's um, all kinds of uh, double-blind stuff going on, uh, tricking the reader, tricking the characters. There's uh, banter between people, pre-existing relationships playing into the events. And it's all just satisfying. I just smile as I read it. And it, it, it ends well, it starts well, and it's great in the middle. It's, it's a fun damn article, and I think more people should read it. Yeah, it's it's a fucking it's a great romp. It would make a good movie. It absolutely would. I've never read Which, anything by Cal that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, uh, generally same. Um, he has some of the more <laughs> just like intriguing ideas that are like played off, like you said, buoyant. You know, yeah, just fun. Um, <clears throat> I definitely remember critting uh, a tale that he did before yeah. this. I think the, the fishing that, thing, uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that had these characters. And I know he wants to set them up, and I really you know, look forward to seeing what else he does. But even if there wasn't anything else, this article stands alone in a really great way because, you know, this GOI could never have another article, and it would still make perfect sense here. Um, yeah, it just really—it's—it's it's like Ocean's Eleven. It's terrific. Yeah, a heist, a heist episode is always a good thing. I, I, <laughs> I think you add heist to pretty much anything; it improves it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story. It's got good characters. It's got good language. It's just, it's really high quality stuff. And it's also, because uh, it's Cal's, it's a decommissioned article, meaning it's a vehicle partially for the decommissioning department, which is Cal's baby. Yeah. His his author avatar, uh, Dr. Calvin, director Calvin Bold, is the leader of the decommissioning department. Cal brought back the concept of decommissioning as a thing that gets done in-universe, Um whenever things are just too damn dangerous to keep around whereas of course in the olden days of 2008 it was an excuse for established authors to write shit uh, shitty kick you while you're down stories about people who had failed articles Um, Cal turned it around completely and made it be the focus of the article is why would we get rid of this thing in universe and this is this is the SCP foundation trying to decommission the house of stars and it's it's great that he comes from a place of uh, honest, earnest desire to be fun, and he's just a great guy. And he takes this idea that was originally created to basically bully failed authors and goes, why don't we make something good out of this? And that's what the decommissioning department is. So I would always recommend people read Cal's stuff. It's good. Yep. Uh, I was a big big fan of his even before we worked together on the CanRen con- contest. But Yeah, we're all I good really friends. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I picked another one of our friends' articles, but not because because <laughs> fuck my you, it's our it's our podcast. We do what we well, want. Well, that, but also because I fucking love it. This is a good article. Uh, SCP six nine nine six does the red moon howl. Spoiler: uh, by dis- It does. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, by Disadron, who uh, was my co-author on the first victim article. Um, in general, I feel like, and people have like jumped down my throat about this. I think Disadron is like really underrated. Yep. His articles often do well. Like this one's three fifty nine, but, but they should be better. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just stellar. They're just they're like they're elevated beyond what we normally see in articles. And I think this one is incredible. I'm kind of blown away that it you know didn't do better in the in the contest. It's just nuts. It, it starts in this really really basic sense that this is about the color red, that the color red is actually an anomalous force reaching into uh, our universe from someplace beyond. Um, that has the uh, ability to elicit strong emotional reactions in those who observe it. Um, does a really good job of making uh, connection to classic articles the way that 5000 did, in that uh, yes. there are different taxonomies um, that are connected to the color red, and then uh, basically draws a line of connection between violence, blood, and power. Those are the taxonomies. Um, for these different SCP objects, including SCP-093, the Red Sea object. Um, and yes, all of these articles will have something to do with quote-unquote red, but they are more... The way that this article connects everything, this is one of those articles that is true of the best KCON entries and also true of the best 001s that reframes the way the wiki works. It, you know... Uh, I don't mean that like it has to be accepted in part of your understanding of the wiki lore. I just mean that if you read this and look, use it as a lens by which to look at the other articles, uh, it kind of goes, oh, like in this really interesting way. It's very um, clever. It, it touches all sorts of things. There is this incredibly uh, interesting treatise uh, about the mystical qualities of the red from uh, uh a treatise that was written in 1510 by Margaret the Magnificent, a figure mentioned in the <laughs> Wanderer's Library folklore. Um, that's written almost kind of like a Wanderer's, you know, a Serpent's Hand document. Not exactly. It's very mm -hmm. short. It's similar. Um, you know, therefore, we make the following proposition. We uncover the shared ground between the fire and the sanguine, the red. The red is the color of sanguine passion and the color of the humor itself. The red is the color of fire's flames and fury. As we discussed in the prior question, all magic is based on negotiation. It gives with one hand while it takes with the other. Yet the red is an energy so innate and eternal to us that it offers freely, not through bargain. The mastery of such an ancient and elusive art is not easily to accomplish. <clears throat> is not easy to accomplish, but shall always be available for those who wish to seek it. For the red was present at the beginning and the red shall be present at the end. And in a lovely meta touch, the red is indeed literally present at the end. <laughs> yes. Um, it opens with an image that is just a block of the color red. It's like it's like a uh, it's like almost a meta joke on yeah. the formatting like, that you see that the I, I do it now a lot, but uh, the first time I really saw a lot of this was Jay Dune likes to do it with the ACS at the top and then a big bold beautiful banner image 700 pixels wide right in the middle of the screen. And this one is just flat red. It's great. Yeah. It's like a joke on that formatting that kind of took off during series six and seven. Yeah, I like doing that sometimes. It, it's pretty um, when you get a good image. You want to show mm -hmm. it off. And in yeah. this case, it's really very visually effective. And of and course, and of course, it's it's Keter, with, It's Amida. It's critical. It's level five top secret, which of course means yeah, the yeah, entirety yeah. of the ACS is also red. Yes, exactly. Um, and then. Not only does it have this treatise and all these different like connections to these SCPs with backlinks back to or hotlinks to these articles, uh, it quotes the Book of Genesis. 
it then quotes a Davite war hymn. Oh. <laughs> and it's just, you know, there's all these uh, aspects that, are, oh, by order of the overseer council, the following information is level 56996 classified. There's so many parts of this that should feel tropey and are instead utilized in this brilliant fucking way because Distron just has this deft hand at this stuff. Because he always has a um, reason for what he's doing beyond just right. referencing something yeah. that's popular. He's, it, there's a point to why he's doing the stuff and it comes through. Uh, you know, SCP-6996 is believed to be the link to, linked to the deaths and severe injuries of numerous Foundation employees. A bright colored light, a red colored light, with no apparent source, has been observed at various instances of the aforementioned nature. Examination of the sites of these luminescence, mm. where possible, has shown Hume level residue indicative indicative of extreme fluctuations in reality. And a bridge log of these instances is outlined below. Uh, which includes, like, individuals and the details, uh, but those are all links to other articles. Yeah, like I mean, SCP like, can you guys imagine an article where an, a, a researcher mm -hmm. came to misfortune and the color red was involved? <laughs> I, mean, I nope. think most people actually can. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a connection to SCP-3001. Um, there's Red a connection reality. to Many Meats proposal. Yes. Uh, it's really quite brilliant. Um, and then they figure out that there is a way to track down into this other reality into this other dimension where the red is is leaking into and it seems like it's really just following you know it's by the numbers there's this weird entity and we're going to go into this other dimension to exit and then the exploration log just throws everything on its head yep. it is a bizarre and wonderful like psychedelic epic uh that has just a really, really brilliant ending, and has one of the craziest images I've seen on the wiki as well, uh, oh, which yeah. I know was commissioned by uh, Valvidia. Um, I'm probably saying his wrong, name wrong. Valvidia. Who also did um, 6000's main image. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Snake um, uh, And then, you know, is also like oh, poetry, but, e but each line of the poetry is actually a link to other articles. It's just, it's just fucking brilliant honestly uh and it slowly just gets more and more red to the point where even the text is red it's 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 great and uh i highly recommend it it's a it's a crazy ride it actually isn't that long even though it sounds like we're talking about this massive epic it's it's not uh it's more implicative of just a lot of really strange and interesting stuff like the very idea that oh it's the scp th this thing that we've known all along the color red it's an scp I immediately, when someone tells me an idea like that, kind of roll my eyes a little bit. And this one, just perfectly, mwah, just, just, I, you know, can't even believe that he made this work. Yeah, it gets, I mean, I can, it gets to like, it's him, but. Because it's him. It gets to like yeah. 2001, a space oddity kind of levels. It's, it's great. Big yeah, fan. That is, that is actually a really good comparison. The well, ending is you. very similar to yeah. 2001. It's that sort of vibe. Um, it's well, it's it's a right. really good uh, article. I guess we are down to like some quick mentions. Uh, you said you wanted to mention something that was from the five thousand contest. Oh yeah, well, the five thousand contest has quite a few deathless, just legendary articles in it. Um, I think probably the the main one I would want to mention, Ips uh, combination crazy article in Twine Game SCP five five zero zero death of the authors, uh, which fucking brilliant, which gave him just endless amounts of grief as he worked on it and I think he still feels pretty negatively towards it but it's a terrific article 
uh, it is. and it, it placed very highly, um, which is, I think, a testament to how much more correct we are when we talk about the quality of his work than he is when he talks about the quality because <laughs> he thinks it's yeah. a lot less good than it really is. Well, I get it. I'm, I'm similar. So. Yeah, it's, it's better than the alternative. It's better than being the other way and talking yourself up too much. Um, uh, SCP-5999, This Is Where I Died, by S.D. Locke, the Sherm, Vulcan Strife, Woden, as in Modern Erasmus, which is basically the precursor, in a sense, to our project with Locke, SCP-6500. It's a, 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 an anthology of weird, creepy stories that seem to have similar elements and some things that are through lines, but you don't quite understand why they're connected, and this kind of ticker of candles being snuffed is r reminding you as you read that something is approaching <laughs> and it's it's just a very eerie and creepy article that has an ending that completely recontextualizes everything that went before it it's a beautiful piece of work yeah um i i just wasn't gonna bring it up because it's just so you know well known but yeah 599 is fucking incredible and i've told Locke and sherm this multiple times that it is like one of my favorite things on the wiki period it's it's a beautiful piece of work. It's got some really terrific visuals, which is something I feel like I'm just repeating about all of these, but uh, it matters. Visuals matter. Anyway. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, there's also... Um, I, I think there was a few I wanted to just show. Yossi's, Yossi's entry is one of my favorites. Sacrosanct? Uh, yeah, Sacrosanct. I think it's 5001. Uh, yeah. Which is another article that recontextualizes the whole idea of like Mekane versus Yadaboath, only from a completely different idea. Right. Um, highly recommend that article. It's really weird and very cool. Yeah. Actually, the only other contest that I think there were some that I wanted to mention was this past contest, the 6,000 contest, because there were so many great entries. And I mean, the, oh, top, yeah. the, top, well, the yeah. top seven don't even need to be bothered with because they're all terrific. Um, but I always enjoyed the creep show in 6003 Beacon by Plague PGP and Actual Crow and Jay Dune, which they occasionally shit on themselves because they didn't win, so they feel bad about it. But it's a great article, very eerie. It's I'm a also great a article. huge fan of 6004 The Rainbow Serpent by Dr. Balthazar, which is basically, yeah. basically just kaiju. kaiju that's really mad about environmental degradation. And the way that it expresses its anger <laughs> is just by in the pissiest way possible, murdering all of us. And it's, it's really funny. <laughs> My it's, favorite part it about it is... It shouldn't be funny, but it is. It is very funny. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny outside of its own context. Um, it is, like many articles, dealing with the end of human civilization, only as opposed to it, it decides to go down break down exactly how that happens yeah and it yeah. is literally just a kaiju fucking shit up and it's fucking great you keep expecting the next scene is going to be an explanation of how they fought it and even when it is it's an explanation of how they ineffectually fought it it smashed the thing that was fighting it and then it just killed a bunch more people and it's specifically like snapping up politicians who failed to arrest climate change and shit it's just such a fucking funnier because it's just it's just rage against humanity and it's so justified it's it's funny because you're just like, oh my god, it's still going. Oh my god, it's still killing everybody. <laughs> it just keeps going. It's so yeah, fucking angry. It's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I really, really liked Cascadia by Tufto as well, which is 6,005. Absolutely. 
Uh, God, there's so many. You know what? We can't. No, we can't even. Uh, the 6,000 uh, so, contest oh, was, was amazing. Yeah, there were more entries so than any articles. other contest, and they were so good. Uh, the first, the top 20 are just all so incredible. Uh, fucking The Emergence by Respectators and Pedagon. I fucking I love, love that, that one. It's, it's, Underrated it's like, as well. I didn't think I was ever going to read a fourth interpretation of The Church of the Broken God, and yet here it is. And it was a really good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many. And it fucking... The True Empire, which we've already talked about in the Davide episode, just fucking nuts, by Stormbreath and A.S. Mollard. Uh, and then there was Nearer My God to Thee, which just would not stop being directly in front of us during the how, whole contest. We could how not, dare you, Eleni? Just like, How dare you? By Eleni Fishtruck, just staying several votes ahead of us, or like 20 or 30 votes, just for the whole fucking contest, because it was just so punchy and to the point on an emotional level. Yeah, It was a great it, contest. It, which I will say, I'm still incredibly blown away by the fact that at the end of the contest, it was only 16 points ahead of us. And, I know. And, and ours is 95,000. And Big Sloth on my face was one vote below us. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Big Sloth. I'm not sorry. But no, sorry. it was an amazing placement. Um, honestly, uh, any of these articles, they could have been in first place and would have been like, yeah. But I'm super happy with 6,000 as the winner. And I'm happy that we got sixth place with something that should have been box office poison. <laughs> yeah, 45,000 words long and then 95,000 words long and we still got yeah. that many votes that's pretty great so all in all yeah, it was a great contest so this adjusted next for contest, inflation adjusted for inflation it's got like 5,000 votes anyway <laughs> it's at 584 uh, so, right now which is incredible it's crazy yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple that I wanted to mention uh, one for the SCP-3000 contest, which is Attempts to Assassinate Thought by mm. Nadi. Yeah. Um, not going to go into a lot of detail with this because it goes places, but it basically starts with a, uh, a um, sort of a shared memory uh, of a little girl uh, and people being completely cl- sure that they are uh, that they were childhood friends with them. Uh, and it seems to happen, it's like a mimetic problem, and it's mostly happening through a person-to-person contact in the, I believe, Illinois prison system. Um, and then it starts spreading outwards, and the Foundation is trying to figure out what's going on. And there are multiple iterations of the article. It's one of those ones that does list pages really well. Um, it is also mostly text. I don't think there are any images. I could be wrong. Um it's a bit of a longer, it's not like super long, but uh, it just has, if you don't know what this is, do not look it up. <laughs> Read 3002 just blind as you can. Uh, and Because the way it starts with the wit versus what happens by the end is so like, what the fuck? It's incredible. <laughs> um, and the other one I wanted to mention, <coughs> which is a really fun article in and of itself, but it's probably the smartest, at least in my opinion, uh, smartest format screw ever, which is SCP-4500, Socratic Containment Procedures. Uh, And anyone who has read anything about um, philosophy, ancient Greek philosophy, is probably aware of the Socratic method, which was asking questions of his students. Uh, And then afterwards, Plato wrote several of his most famous philosophy books as dialogues, based on that teaching Uh, so we think we know how Socrates uh, would have written books but Socrates never wrote a book so Plato could be all making it up who (laughs) fucking knows but um, 
this article is set up such that you are clicking on uh, questions read by the reader and then the narrator answers it, which is how these uh, dialogues often work. It's clever. Reader, what is the designated number of the item in question? Narrator, the designated number of the item is question is 4,500. Reader, what is the safety class of the item in question? Narrator, the safety class of the item in question is Euclid. Uh, and it seems pretty straightforward, and, and but it keeps going. Uh, and eventually you find out uh, that SCP-4500-A instances suggest that the facility was once in the material realm near Athens, Greece, and served at a purpose similar to that of the modern-day foundation. It's literally containing Greek myth. Mm. Um, and the... Uh, Examples of SCP 4500 A, which are little, you know, uh, dialogues in the same fashion. What is the designation? The designation is Pi Alpha Nu. And what is the threat it presents? The threat of iron. What is the method of constraint? Etc., etc., etc. And then adding in, under no circumstances will scholar Pandora be allowed to access Pi Alpha Nu. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Pandora? <laughs> and you start to realize that, oh, this is all just a really smart. Uh, format screw to lead up to the point of using Greek myths as SCPs, uh, which is something I think has been done fairly badly using mythology as the basis of SCPs a few times. I mean, there are good examples too, but this is the best, most cleverest way to get to the tropey SCP idea ever. Like, it's so funny uh, that you're so lost in the Socratic method of it, you know, and the way that the the articles like slowly appear so at the beginning almost none of it's on the screen on the page it, it opens up with these little collapsibles that open up uh, more and more of the article um it's fucking brilliant and yeah. i'm just so impressed by the you can it, it's it, it's the most unique format screw in my opinion because it's not uh trying to mess with you know your ability to read it it's telling a straightforward story it's just doing it in the socratic method which is fucking hilarious and the idea of socratic containment procedures is so funny that's literally what it's about this is how it's contained it's the platonic ideal it's beautiful isn't it that's so good i mean the, right. the kcons bring out some of the best writing on the site and yeah, we've known that for a long time um when day breaks by sd lock was a kcon entry that lock then took down and and redid as a 001 proposal right, yeah. uh I, Articles that everybody knows were KCON entries um, in FiveCon, Yule Man and Cadaver Commander's version of Death. Someone to watch over us. Those were both KCON articles. They yeah, bring out the big stuff. Uh, yeah, God, four nine nine. So, uh, so hopefully yeah. the new article, no, the new uh, the new KCON will bring out some classics as well. We're yeah, certainly good, planning on it. <laughs> good transition. Uh, so we're going to do a creative corner uh, on yeah. the podcast, talking about our creative processes. And we thought we would kind of take a moment to do a status update about why we haven't done an episode in two, three, two and a half weeks. Uh, because we have been so busy trying to get our shit out for this contest. Absolutely. We're both participating the fuck out of this contest, aren't we? And not together. Not uh, together. No, we're fighting for, for supremacy. Yeah, that's right. I'm I I'm absolutely aiming to beat everyone with this article. That's my goal. Oh yeah, well obviously. I mean, I, th I think everything you've done with this with your seven con article is clearly just a calculated attempt oh, yeah. to just yeah. play to yeah. all the things that'll allow uh -huh. you to win. It's a completely mercenary decision that you made. Oh so, yeah. So talk about your absolutely. article and, and, and your co-author. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to be fairly circumspect, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk that much about the details. I will say uh, there is an audiovisual component. Mm -hmm. I will say that it is a victim article. Uh, I am writing it with Vivarium, who also joined me to write a previous victim article. Vivarium is awesome. Uh, yeah, and originally, because I've just been working so much and barely keeping up on things like the podcast and writing other projects, I was going to sit this contest out. I was just going to be like, look, I don't even before the contest theme was revealed, I didn't know if I was going to have the time. Uh, and then the day that the theme was revealed, uh, it was actually Sumerian uh, was sitting in one of the discords. I don't remember what. And Vivarian happened to be there as well. Uh, and Sumerian said, just do this. Uh, and then Vivarian and I started ch chatting about it because we had done something similar previously uh, and just thought, okay, we're going to do that. Um, we were being slightly uh, facetious <laughs> earlier because let's just say that the choices I'm making with this article are not calculated to win. <laughs> just a I little facetious, not, yeah. I am not calculating not to win, exactly, um, but I am, I'm hoping to make some waves. <laughs> and I absolutely think you will. I've read a lot of what he's produced and seen some of the audiovisual material, and I am very pumped. The two of you are uh, both heavy hitters in my mind. I'm always a big fan of your writing, and of course, I'm always a big fan of Vivarium, who has got some great stuff as well. So I think everybody should watch the fuck out for VKTM. Yeah, but that's uh, that's about all I'm going to say. I will say I'm almost done. Yay. I am within... If we weren't recording tonight, I would probably be finished. <laughs> Well, I guess it, it, you keep pausing, so I must be. I mean, I'm supposed to. It's your turn. That's do, right. Do my thing. Okay. Well, mine, my SCP-7000 contest entry is called the loser, and I'm hoping that y'all can meme that into it being the winner. Because wouldn't it be great if the loser was the winner? Come on, you know it would be great if the loser was the winner. You know you want that to be a thing. You want to make that happen, right? Uh, but only by reading the article, because otherwise you're maliciously upvoting. So the article itself <laughs> is about a character of mine who does not need to be prior... Uh, you don't need prior knowledge of him to understand the article. You'll pick him up pretty fast. Um, the article is self-contained, although it is using some of my material and also some inspiration from Ip. Uh, but the character is a character in my On Guard 4-3 canon named Dr. William Wallace Weddle. And he is <laughs> William a... William Wallace... He, he, he does not live up to his brave-hearted namesake. He is an imbecile. And I he is a very... that's his middle name. <laughs> it's a good middle name. He is a self... <laughs> you okay? <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's, right, it's terrible. It's absurd. He's a jackass. He's not very good at what he does. Uh, and uh, what he does he's is... a hero. Yeah. How dare you? This is the VKTM opinion. VKTM really likes him. He's only uh, still yeah. around because he's been lucky enough to be entwined with several existing anomalies that mean he kind of has to be around so they let him repeat other people's experiments for replication studies which in the real life is a very important job that scientists get build their careers on and in the scp foundation everybody wants to do their own experiments so they leave it to weddle to repeat their experiments and what happens is it wrote a tale uh quite quite some time ago called the lamest story ever told and it's about how Weddle, who is a jackass and unfriendly and not very nice, and is always the butt monkey in everything I write him in, and is also the butt monkey in Grigori's stuff, to the point where VKTM won't leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> I mentioned him in this article. 
yeah, it, he's he, you can always just slot him in as the, the stock loser. Um, oh, Ip, that's the best. I accidentally triggered Ip's ire by sending him to Sloth's Pit, Wisconsin, where Ip writes his stuff in SNC Plastics, and had Weddle be kind of a dick. And Ip read it and was like, this guy's kind of a dick. Is there a reason this guy's kind of a dick? Is there a reason all this bad shit happens to him, or is he just a dick? And Ip doesn't like flat characters, so he was like, okay, there is a reason. He has a bad luck anomaly attached to him, and he's worried about it. So he's pushing people away by being a dick. And I've looked at that, and I'm like, I really like that story. I wanted him to be the character who never grows, develops, or has any <laughs> any characterization, <laughs> but you know what? This is a better way to do it. So we've taken that, and we've run with it. And that's where I was coming from. As soon as I saw luck as the theme, I went, well, there you go. Weddle Con. So the premise is probability goes random as fuck. Luck goes random as fuck. We're facing a end-of-luck scenario on the planet Earth. <laughs> All probabilistic anomalies don't work properly anymore. Things that shouldn't happen, happen. Things that should happen, don't happen. Not all at once, not in an ending-the-world-right-now sense, but enough that the Foundation is like, this is gonna knock us out eventually. The veil's gonna come down. Somebody's gonna figure out what the fuck is happening, and then we're screwed. How do we solve this? And then they find out precisely one thing has not changed. Weddle still has shit luck all the time. <laughs> He's the only luck anomaly that hasn't changed in some sense, and they're like, why is that? And the article ends up being them attempting to weaponize the fact that Dr. Weddle is a bad luck sink who attracts all the bad luck that happens in the area, and they try to use him in order to regain some sort of sense of normalcy while still trying to find out why is luck all fucked up. And long story short, Weddle does not enjoy this attention, and the SCP progresses as he uh, really has to confront whether or not this is what he wants to be doing with his life. And ask some questions. <laughs> ask some questions that I think we can all relate to about where our lives are going and, and what we want to do with our lives. It's long. It's not, like, immensely long. It's it's a good KCON length as opposed to the immense stuff that I have written. It's not, <laughs> it's not like 6,500. It's probably just a good solid chunk of change. It's got a lot of photoshopping and some art and stuff because I'm, I'm going all out because much like Grigori, I want to win this bitch. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm so not trying to win this. I, I mean, am. So, I would. I, I so would trying to win this. I. Don't. I would love, <laughs> love if I won it, but mostly because I think that would be the fucking funniest thing ever. It absolutely would. So I'm, I'm pulling for Gregory and Vivarium, but I also I want to win. <laughs> I tell you, it's funny. I've been putting, putting some of it on Twitter, and by my standards, I've been getting good reactions. So I think, I think, I think we can be a contender. Until until somebody bigger just knocks me completely the fuck out of the park. Or some random person from nowhere comes in and pulls a big sloth on my face, which I would honestly welcome. Because it's the so main thing that... is, we get all these great pieces of art out there and people experience and enjoy them. That's what matters. I'm going to like <laughs> take credit for this idea because you read my article about the unlucky mug and how it ends, 6913. <laughs> and uh, you were like, oh, I should take that and run with it. Well, the unlucky well, Ip, yeah, whatever. The unlucky mug will also appear, so I'll have to give credit to Gregory and Ip. <laughs> Yay! Maybe I'll credit you guys as co-authors. We could all get disqualified for doing multiple entries. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I've worked so hard. Uh, Me too. Yeah. So, all right, let's get some emails read. Yeah. Um, who goes first? <clears throat> you go first. Do I go first. You, you can read the first one. Okay. First email is from Fernlom. Hey guys, Fern again. 
After listening to that episode with Jadoon and Plague PGP, I went and read more VKTM articles. And let me just tell you, those articles really take a different spin when you look at them with the perspective of, while what's happening can be objectively funny, considering this is most definitely dangerous and anomalous, it is also objectively terrifying. Thanks. Agreed. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Victim articles are always deadly serious. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Uh, we got an email here from John Tay, uh, which I have highlighted. I see that. Their complete <laughs> failure to get my name and your reign correct. I love it. First of all, Gre- Gregory. My name's not <laughs> hey, Gregory. Gregory. It's, it's Gregory. Uh, and your name is not Harry Bank. Harry Bank. <laughs> Sorry, John Tay. Thank you for writing into the email. <laughs> that, that reminds me of Eleni Fishtruck, who likes to call me Harry Hank. <laughs> anyway, uh, hi Gregory and Harry Bain. Huge fan of the podcast. It helped me survive man- Army HQ boredom and gave me lots of cool recommendations to read. You are very welcome. Uh-huh. Just going to cut to the chase and listen to one of my favorite KCON entries that didn't win. Nice. Uh, SCP 5500, Death of the Authors, which we already talked about, but yeah. I'm a real sucker for format screws and choose your own adventure adventure. stories so this one was really just a fun read and also after working on my first scp recently and learning the hell of that is (laughs) wiki.coding i appreciate the choose your own adventure section well if you'd like choose your own adventure have i got an article for you um scp 5555 made in heaven by ard rounder house and uncle nicolini uh, I was probably biased because I binged the John Wick series at the time, so I thought the one-man army action movie set in the SCP universe was cool. Uh-huh. Uh, for the 6K contest, Jonte uh, liked SCP-6001 Avalon by T. Rutherford. Wow, what a contentious uh, choice. Yeah, everyone loves that. It's fucking great. It uh, I'm also a big sucker for Feel Good Fantasy Worlds, and Feel Good does this article make me... <laughs> mm- Okay. With the foundation <laughs> being such assholes, it's really nice to wonder what if everything just turned out okay. Yeah. While I think Vanguard does a really good job and nuanced take on what if the foundation did the right thing, 6001 makes me happy on the inside. Ironically, 6001 is about a dictatorship. It is. Uh, anyway, um, SCP 600. Also, it has a funny talking cat, which has a sad backstory. Which is Can't amazing, miss that. Can't of course. Miss that. Uh, SCP-6002, All Creatures Great and Small by Big Sloth in My Face. This yes. one made me very sad, and I love it, and it's also the author's first article. Like, what? That's all. Hopefully I didn't gush too much. Sorry, guys. Have a good one. Well, thank you for writing in. I'm sorry for making fun of you, but also, <laughs> that's not my name. But also, it's anyway. what we do. <laughs> all right, Gregory, so I'm, I'm reading the next one. The next one is yeah. by Guare. Oh, don't, don't get it started. It's Gregory. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, Gregory. What, what was that? Uh, 7k con is the Wait, first who it's from i did you jackass you were just i just busy. talked over you it. were just, just too busy again. being upset about being gregory which you are now it's by guare our good friend guare friend of the podcast guare 7k con is the first x000 contest i will be around since i first entered into the community and after helping crit some drafts for it i cannot wait to see what everyone ends up doing in it i'm really excited for it as are we Probably my favorite X contest was 3000. I adore reading horror, so I guess it's only natural that I liked many of the entries in there, even if I only read them many years after it had happened. Turns out not that many. (laughs) When it comes to favorite X contest winner, mine so far was SCP-4000. While my favorite not winning entry is likely SCP-6001, Avalon, or 3001, Red Reality, both amazingly well-written pieces. Yes, indeed, true. 
finally, before going to questions, I'd like to wish <coughs> you both good luck for your 7,000 con drafts. Thank you. As well as thank you for the podcast. You're welcome. You have been a great source of inspiration and have led me to write for the wiki, something which I started doing for slightly longer than a month as of writing this email. Yes, and we wish you the greatest success in that. Yeah, because your first article kicked ass. Guari's awesome. So, today's questions. Is there an already existing theme for an XCon which you would like to see again? In my opinion, I wish there was another contest with the theme of 1KCon, as the site has evolved significantly since. Well, for this one, I would say history. Seems kind of obvious. I'd like to see 4KCon again. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, no. <laughs> what XKCon theme did you like the most? History. No, uh, not not really. I like the last one, honestly. I like no. You know what? I fucking like this one. Eat shit, everybody else. I like this contest theme. <laughs> I uh, I don't know which one I like the most. Uh, I I. I mean, am I? If, if you do it in a vacuum, I think I like science fiction the most. But in terms of results, I think mystery and nature had just so many because they were just yeah. so wide open for weird interpretations. Yeah, I think uh, the K-Cons have gotten better as they've gone along, so yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think luck is a little strange, but I think it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the I- unique takes on it. I am not involved. interested in seeing many things with dice. <laughs> no. SCP-7000 uh, is the concept of luck. Uh, what is your favorite XK <laughs> contest winner? You probably already answered this in the episode, but just in case. I'm not really sure we did. Your favorite of all the winners? Uh, for me, it's 1,000 and 4,000. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. Like, just period. I love them both very much. Yeah, they're both really good. I would probably say either 4,000 or 6,000. I really liked 6,000, and I also... Oh, yeah, yeah. 6,000 is great. I also Actually. critted 6,000, so I feel invested in it. Uh, but pr- probably 6,000 for me. But uh, all right. we all group uh, identify with the things that happen around our time as well, so there's an element <laughs> of that. That's right. <clears throat> um... Gizma writes, greetings from Gizma. 6K Con was the first one I experienced as a member of the community. I didn't have an account back then, though. Shame. Shame. I'm ex- and I'm excited to experience 7K Con now that I'm even more on site. I'm also really looking forward to the many great articles that will come out of it. I'm yeah. rooting for you both, obviously. Yeah. You can only pick one of us. You uh, can't no. root for uh, both of us. It's illegal. Uh, no, actually, you <laughs> can. I've just desta- I did a whole I know, lecture I know. at the beginning of saying <laughs> you can root for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be plenty of authors putting out some very cool stories. Yes. As for past non-winning entries, well, I can't not mention Inevitable. Still one of my top favorite articles. Great job. Thanks. Uh, I was also very impressed by All Creatures Great and Small. An amazing debut, and Bisloth on my face has kept going strong after it. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Damn right. Avalon was great, too. Good story. Gotta respect Yazzie Posse for two great <laughs> entries. Sanker Sanctor with an amazing story, and then The Joke of Sex is a shitpost truly worthy of the 69-69 slot. Yep. Uh, Nearer My God to Thee was a great article, but it's a shame the music itself has its quality butchered by the player. Yeah, the on-site music player is not fantastic. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and here's a question. In the event that you don't win, do you already have preferred slots you want for your entries? If yes, is there any specific meaning in these? No. Yes. <laughs> Next email is by Crowcat. <laughs> okay, Sorry, I don't okay, have a better answer thing, for that. Though. We live in a bunch of... We live in a society... Uh, a com- we live in a society. We live mm. in a community full of people who say we live in a society. We live in a community full of... of um, Edge, edge lords who have always irony poisoned, and if you tell them what number you want, 
they're going to also pick that number just so you don't get it because they think it's funny. So no, I'm not telling you what numbers I want. The number oh, I, I want is 7,000. Uh, I also don't have an answer. I'll think of that after I finish writing my fucking article. Yeah, right. Well, once it's done, we'll think about the numbering. Yeah, Posting is in four days. Uh, next email is from Crowcat. Hey there, it's Crowcat. I hope this email isn't too late. Can't wait to listen to the episode. Spoilers, it wasn't too late. <laughs> I already told them. <laughs> well, I'm telling the audience. Now that they know that, that this is actually happening and is real. My favorite non-winners from past contests. Let's see. Oh man, I feel like there's too many to list. Then goes on to attempt it anyway. I'll keep it short by limiting myself to one SCP per contest. Good job. For 1K, they chose the Nevada Extraterrestrial by Solomon Corbett. Hey, represent. A fun short article involving aliens and conspiracy theories, which I'm oh a sucker my for. God. How do you say the next one? I told you there was one coming up, didn't I? Oh, I'm not. <sighs> In Tucon, it was SCP-2222. Meshk Mernin Shorptum Vorthasbun D7 by ACC-1177. Spooky alien stuff is my jam, and this has plenty of it. It's about an airlock in a space station that reverses things that go in it, mainly words and bodies. I have also looked at this oh. one. It's pretty crazy. It's very crazy. I considered doing that, that one. cool. This is actually the answer that I would have given if somebody had said, what's your favorite non-winning KCON entry? I really like this one. Uh, 3000 and 5, A Light That Died by Silver Escher, which I think we did talk about on the... The fifth is an episode. This one's mm -hmm. so crazy. Surreal and mysterious, yet coherent in ways. <laughs> coherent in ways is a good way to describe fifthism. I think yep. this was the article that really hooked me on fifthism, now one of my favorite GOIs. Orcon! It's one of your favorite GOIs. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bastard. Forcon. There are so many bangers here, but I gotta give a shout out to 4591 20 text messages by Phyla Young. A wonderfully crafted story about places erased from reality by, well, I won't spoil it. Wink. I don't know that one. Neither do I. We're learning things. Yes, spoiler alert, we didn't actually read all roughly 400 entries in all the contests. <laughs> I read everything in one con, and I kind of regret doing it, but the later cons are better. 5,000. SCP-5012, There Is No Escape From The Bottomless Pit by Uranium Empire. A super cool mystery set in my favorite canon on Mount Golgotha. Really engrossing atmosphere. That, that article kicks ass. It's Uranium Empire, what do you expect? Yeah. And finally in SixCon, SCP-6006, Theseus by City Toast. I love this one, a rabbit hole-esque story that had me hooked from the moment I first opened the page. Also, a while ago I posted my first article to the site, and while I was writing, I kind of had you guys in the back of my mind. Me too. I always tried using some of the writing advice you guys talked about, particularly regarding interviews. I'm decently proud of how it turned out, and I wanted to mention it here because I feel like you guys might like it, given what you guys have said you enjoy in SCP articles. It's 6426 Vampire Boat. <laughs> what a great title. It's a fabulous title. Good luck on the contest. No joke. I, I'm laughing, but the, it, it's genuine. I think that's a great title. That's a terrific title. I love it. Vampire Boat. 6426. Read it. Oh my god. And he ended with Good luck on the contest. Good luck on the contest. Well, now I'm not reading it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah, so we're going to get out of here because we got shit to do for the contest. Yeah, but, I, don't even uh, have to, I don't even have the creativity left in me to come up with a funny thing to say at the end. I'm, I'm so pouring it all into the contest. <laughs> oh, wait, I do, um, actually. Never mind. Nice. But carry on. Uh, the email, mm. uh, if you 
want to write us an email and it doesn't have to be on the subject we're talking about i do tend to tweet it out ahead of time but um set us investment opportunities or porn or whatever yeah but you well yeah no no. uh (laughs) gregory's the only one who checks the email so i don't really care what you send it uh, you can ask us questions about anything SCP or anything you know related to nerd nerd stuff. Uh, you want to write a whole email about 40k? I'll fucking read it. Anyway, <laughs> Gregory will read that. He's apparently read uh, 20 40k novels. I have now. I am on my 20th novel. <laughs> 40k. <laughs> I finished the 19th yesterday. Anyway, um, wow. the email address is simplycreativepeople at gmail.com. Uh, the show's Twitter is S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Uh, my Twitter is at Gregory Carpin. And I am at Harry Blank, S-C-P. And uh, I think we're going to get the fuck out of here. So say your funny thing. Weddlecon. Oh, yeah. No, it is Weddlecon. 100%. Weddlecon. Weddlecon. Weddle is Bestel. Weddlecon. That, sounds, that reads better than it writes. Anyway, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.